This program deals with devil worship and satanic beliefs. It contains explicit scenes and descriptions of violent crimes and rituals. Americans are asking who attacked our country. You declared a subliminal jihad against the United States. Can you tell us why? Everything pertaining to what's happening has never come to the surface. The world will never know the true facts of what occurred, my motives. And night fell on a different world. And Iblis is thinking, you know, I should be getting this position, not Adam, and this guy is created from dirt. And how does the army feel about you being head of the Temple of Set? And the conspiracy theorists can say what they will, but... I want you to give me power over Adam, and I want you to give me soldiers and minions and all of these things. Because he had so much gain and had such a material motive. And we are with you all here on New Year's Day 2020. I was thinking how serendipitous our 100th episode falling right on New Year's Day, like pretty conveniently, you know, like we didn't really necessarily plan for that. We realized at the last second, actually, like, oh, it's New Year's Day. Should we literally like yesterday? Like, yeah, it's New Year's Day. Should we do this? And, um, you know, I thought, but you made the point that. Everyone's probably just hanging around doing nothing on New yeah, Year's Day. Yeah, usually New Year's Eve is when people, you know. Um, but yeah, you know. But party, speaking yeah. as the uh, the coof half of uh, this uh, podcast, yeah. um, I think maybe there's a little bit of yeah, underestimation. We set a time. Of, <laughs> yeah. Wow. And Pretty the um, Eastern Standard mm-hmm. Time privilege that some people were okay, unconsciously right. acting yeah. about that. Oh yeah, like it's five. Well, here, I wanted but... to do this for like I was like, yeah, you know, we should really like do it old SJ style, you know, make it a nice long episode. But now it's gonna be like short because like you know <laughs> we're like an hour and a half late. Uh, you know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, my voice is, is a little bit raspy. I okay. A little bit of karaoke last I'm night. I'm sure. Yeah. At least you don't have to live with that always. I'm sure it still sounds better than than mine too. <laughs> the audience. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, yeah. today, today for the first time, we have an agendaless episode, but I suppose not fully agendaless. It's more like yeah, it's also not really the first time because it's kind of like our first episode. But we do have a more of a plan than for our first episode. We do. Um, we we do. these are like is, inter- intermediate materials for yeah. an advancement of the theory of the subliminal jihad. Yeah, and uh, the uh, the advancement of that theory, I guess we decided, was to have people call in, like yeah. radio We're style. Try to do an Art Bell, George Nori type call in, you know, situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we put some invites out. Uh, nobody, I, I'd love. I wish I could like read a phone number and then people like literally call in, but that's not yeah. how this actually works. <laughs> no, so I'm going to be like posting a link into the grotto, and then yeah. we're just going to see who pops up in the waiting room and uh, and uh, talk to some of the folks out there about you know how they're yeah. spending their new day and uh, what kind of subliminal jihads are they waging. 
or playing to wages here. Yeah, hopefully someone calls in at all. This is pretty cool. I like this format, you know, like the anticipation, like, will anyone call in? It's exciting. Who will? I have anyone? no idea. Yeah. Like, you know, as Alex Jones would say, like teleprompter free, you know, yeah, teleprompter free folks. Right. You know, like really, I mean, I guess it's always teleprompter free on, uh, in the SJ house, but like truly, I don't know. All right. Should I hit return? Yeah, definitely. Hit return. I thought you already did. I was like, you know, Oh right. no, no. Uh, all right, there we go. All right. We're going to see. Wow. Anybody one tap mobile. Yeah. One tap mobile. Wow. You actually can dial in with a number. You could read out a number, but obviously this isn't really live. So I nobody, mean, live. He, nobody who would potentially call in is hearing us right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is also like a strange kind of thing. Um, yeah. A dynamic to deal with. Um, I'll just tell everybody that. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could theoretically, we do have a voice channel on Oh, the grotto, what we could right. connect to. Maybe we could connect to it. Yeah, maybe we should do that. Let's try it. See, okay. this is live. This is raw radio. All right. Yeah. Right. Uh, we got two people in the waiting room. Wow. All right. Exciting. Well, let's let someone in. We got, let's see. I, I don't know what order they go in. I see we got L and we got mm -hmm. Young Howler. Um, I think right. L's, L's at the top of the list. So. All right. We'll let in. Yeah. Whatever. Al this is exciting. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Who could first it first caller? Be? Hello, L. Are you there? Oh wait, that's a wait a audio. second. <laughs> this is very Art Bell. Like, oh my gosh. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Hello. Hey. Hello, L. Hello, L. How are you? Welcome to Subliminal Jihad. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> You're our first ever Subliminal Jihad caller. I'm so. astounded. I yeah. thought I was just going to be listening, but lovely to be on air. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Well, happy new year. Um, happy new year to you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. This is, this is fun. Uh, as you can see, we're uh, figuring it out for the first time. And we opened the voice grotto. I guess like don't talk if you're in the voice grotto. <laughs> like just listen. I don't know. Uh, um, but I, I there might be a way to like restrict the voice grotto. I don't know. Uh, whatever. Like yeah. New Year's Day. Mute yourself okay. if you're in the voice grotto, please. Uh, <laughs> Very sorry. Yeah, very Dimitri's sorry. hung over on coop juice. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Elle didn't know they were going to be on the air. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. I okay, so this is, uh, Elle, you're our first person on here. I think, uh, you know, I guess keeping in, like, the Art Bell tradition, like, what's on your mind? Is there something you want to talk about with the, with the broader Grotto audience? Or do you just want to chill? Because that's okay, too. Elle? Have we lost you? No. I hope not. Yeah, no video. Oh wait, L L dropped out, and now they're dropping mm. back in. They're so dropped let's try out. That. And they drop back in. All right. Apologies, mm. to Young Howler. You're next. Well, on the good line. thing this isn't actually live, because like you know, we can actually make some edits. L, hello. Yeah, hello. hello again, L's back. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Wow. Hey. Yeah, you're all video. right. I see you. Word. What's up? On the video so chat. So what's on your mind, L? Any? Uh, yeah. I feel like I've been one curious about y'all's take. I put this in the questions thing recently. Um, mm -hmm. Sus Rudolf Steiner, uh, yeah. Sus Anthroposophy. We mm. talked about this in the past a little bit. Uh, someone asked us, they were sending their kids like a Waldorf school. And yes. they asked us like what our take on Steiner was. I don't know. I feel like I've been, I've been hearing like a lot of Rudolf Steiner stuff like related to vaccines. 
Like, mm-hmm. uh, apparently he was like, one day, like, they will put a chip in us with a vaccine. And, like, everyone is, like, no. posting it. Like, see, like, they told <laughs> you what they were going to do. I remember reading about, like, his belief in gnomes and, like, Arahman and things like that. I mean, he's, like, incredibly, uh, he, he's incredibly sus in terms of, like, his his beliefs. We read, like, some passages on it on a past Q&A. I think, it, yeah, it was one of, like, one of the earliest Q and A's, I think we got this. I think it might have been yeah. in the middle. Yeah. 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 But particularly about Waldorf schools today and like whether you should send yeah. your kid to one. Because they still like, do learn about gnomes and shit, you know, like they mm-hmm. teach and it's like, yeah, at least there's an allegory. It's like, well, you know, yeah. Oh no, I'm uh, a veteran of the Waldorf school and it gets weird as hell. There's like Did you learn about things. gnomes? I learned about gnomes, uh maybe a polytheistic version of a creation tale but like a lot of saint michael a lot of lesser angels uh dress codes that sort of like vibe with um some of his culted race science stuff Mm -hmm. a lot of like i don't know anthroposophy also in a whole like it wasn't white enough it wasn't euro enough like Mm -hmm. take on theosophy yeah it's like mm -hmm. If theosophy isn't fucked up enough for you, I don't know what you want. <laughs> yeah. What? So they had dress codes that like corresponded to people's races, like or no, you know. no. So you weren't allowed to wear um, black as a color okay. because it like absorbed <laughs> all the colors. Oh, okay. But also this like finding out later his other tux. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like if you have darker skin, then that would not bode well for you if, like, the idea of wearing black clothes was considered bad. There's there's, Um, there's some verboten talks that he gave. Was it encouraged for you to wear white? Like, were there particular colors that were encouraged? Or, like, just anything that's not black is fine? Anything that's not black, no no branding, that kind of thing. A little bit, like, Mm -hmm. classic right private school whatnot but also this mm-hmm. is like rinky dink rural waldorf so maybe not quite some of the uh silicon valley mm. fancy mm-hmm. shit interesting and did do you think the the people at the school were they like practicing steinarians or anthroposophists so yeah you don't make it very long as a teacher if you don't subscribe and go to their special schools and uh even their um like student tracking you have to assign seating based off of like if you're a melancholic student or a sanguine student <laughs> right they do the four humors what humor were you i don't know they don't tell you they don't tell oh wow they that don't tell sus. you that's wow sus. that's so sus He's like, there's some of the talks that he gave. He's like, it's imperative for anthroposophy that they don't find out that this is what Waldorf is based on. Wow. That reminds me of the TM thing where they give you your own personalized mantra, but it's like chosen from like 16, like, you know, different mantras that are based on like how old you are, you know? And they're like, (laughs) just for you. Yeah. That's that's something that, yeah. Interesting. Um, And of course, yeah, it's got, that's got some Scientology levels kind of uh residents i guess of yeah don't tell I mean, them even, about like yeah you knew like don't tell them about the volcanoes and you know don't tell them that the we're feet. sorting them by their phlegmat anything yeah. that like is like this we have to keep secrets from the students like about how we're structuring things like seems weird to me like i mean yeah. i feel like there's there's a i don't know a, like a target like of the vatican floating by right now that what's the <laughs> what's the uh polytheistic creation story that you learned so it's it's like uh 
it's almost a little bit Gnostic of like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So is theosophy, really. Um, right. Like mm-hmm. the greater and lesser angels that get kicked mm-hmm. out and stuff. It was just sort of like taught, you know, broadly a Christian Jewish-ish creation story, mm-hmm. but tucked amongst a lot of other um mythological philosophies so i know a lot of greek mythology a lot of norse mythology yeah a very uncritical look at um uh the cool stuff going on with hinduism right uh, interesting Mm -hmm. (laughs) certain Mm -hmm. approaches to uh buddhism and stuff just that you know, because Steiner's whole bit was training people to quantifiably explore the spirit realm right. um, by sneaking that into a child's education. Yeah, it's really <laughs> amazing how, yeah, we were just talking about, I think our Tom Mosher episode hasn't really come out yet, but it's about uh, we were to, just but... talking about how, like, it's always, like, everything but Islam, like, not, you know, like, Christianity, <laughs> like, it's okay, like, you know, Hinduism is so wise, like, all these Eastern philosophies, but, like, you know, that's just, like, you know, evil. It's, like, really in the same like lineage of these old like christian and polemics but they uh you know are uh sort of embracing these uh things that aren't a threat to them you know or they don't conceive as a threat um ain't nothing new yeah but uh that's that's crazy so the gnomes i recall they like are kind of like earth spirits that like sort of have custody over the like they help plants grow and things like that is that what they teach like Uh they say like was I like I, I got in at the second grade, so it was slightly after. Oh, no, I see. that's like one of the you know, foundational. You know, you can't get anywhere. There's stages. You aren't yeah. allowed to read before you're like one. But that's amazing. Like flowy silks and uh, you know gnomes and make you make soup and stuff. A lot of mm-hmm. uh, did a lot of agriculture stuff. Mm-hmm. Grew wheat, threshed it into bread, that kind of thing. Um, but my sister cool had a lot of gnomes. A lot of uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. teaching children agriculture sounds nice as opposed to what, like, lots of other activities you could do with them. Um, if they have to weave it into a story about gnomes. Yeah. Well, I guess. There is cool <laughs> stuff. It does feel like a yearning for, you know, a uh, Euro- white European ideal in a way that feels like a bummer. But a there is return a return cool with a V. Yeah. 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 Return mm-hmm. with a V. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right on. Definitely. Yeah. Well, okay, cool. Um, we got some other people on the line, so I think we're gonna we're gonna obey. Twenty minutes just flew by. I thank you very much for uh for calling in with that. And I think I'm already realizing that everybody we have on, it's like could easily go for like an hour and a half. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We could talk with you the entire rest of the episode, but uh, but we got these waiting room people. So of course, lovely chat. But lovely chatting with you, L. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Watch out for the gnomes. Of course. Beware. All right. So we got next caller, Young Haller. Young Howler. I see they, they've okay. jumped in and out of the chat a few times, but they yeah, were first. A very so. old school grotto head. Someone has been in there for a while, I think, Young Howler. Connecting yeah. to audio right in. now. Connecting to audio. All right, connected. Young Howler. Are you there? Let me see. Oh, Young Howler, I think, was on Discord. He's definitely on Discord. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's uh, see. But he's muted on Discord. Young Howler, can you hear us? We're trying to make it happen 
we are we want, trying. We want to hear what you have to say, young Howard, but we want to hear you howl like a dog man. Um, uh, uh, now the mute's still up, I guess. The mute is still up. Uh, Maybe Young Howler is just trying to listen. I don't get it. I'm not. Um, no, Young Howler jumped in uh, pretty early. You know what? I think we're going to we're just going to move on because, you know, this yeah, is live okay, radio. Right. Um, young Howler, yeah, yeah, you're still going to be in line. But for now, I think we're going to we're going to kick it yeah, to Matt Kaltra. Uh, just is, raise uh, your hand. Use the raise hand feature <laughs> if you ever figure out how to use to work your uh, audio. Oh, no. Uh, oh, it, it has a thing where it like wants you to like ban them forever. You can't just remove them. Um, well, you can leave young Howler in, I guess. Uh, I'll leave them in. I'll leave and them then, in. Uh, yeah, they can raise their hands. Uh, but we're throwing Matt Kaeltra in the mix. Okay, let's see if we can get Matt Hopefully, in Inshallah, we have Matt Kaeltra on inshallah. the line. Hello. Can you guys yeah, hear wow, me? we can hear Matt Kaeltra. Yes, we got Matt nice. Kaeltra. How you doing? Awesome. I'm pretty good. Here, let me turn on my camera. Hey. Howdy, y'all. What's up? <laughs> Welcome. Uh, so, Welcome to, to the Live Grotto. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to be honest. I don't really know how the live grotto works. I just saw there was one. So I wanted to neither join. do we. Neither do we. Uh, <laughs> we're literally yeah. figuring it out as we go. Awesome. This is our call in. This is our 100th episode. So we're doing oh, a call in. Okay. Yeah. So you're on the air. You're going to be on the show. Congratulations. Um, yeah, how exciting. Hello. <laughs> yeah. You're our else. second. Yeah. It was going to be Young Howler, but Young Howler, we're still waiting for Young Howler's audio to come in. So <laughs> you have become the second. All right. Indeed. Indeed. I hope to succeed where young Howler's audio fails. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. We will make do uh, it for him um, and his audio. Um, so, what's up? Like, hit us with your, uh, you know, topic slash like comment or whatever. However, uh, yeah. So, I just had a, a little question. Honestly, um, nothing super big. Uh, but I was just wondering, you know, one of my favorite movies is one uh, where it's politics are awful and most of the people involved with it are awful. I don't know if you mm -hmm. guys know uh, the Mel Gibson feature uh, dragged across concrete, but no. it's, yeah, it's I'm moral is basically oh, like, you're aware of it. Yeah. It, it's moral is basically like cops deserve to get paid more and they're treated unfairly <laughs> by the media. <laughs> but Cool. I love it. It's a it's a great movie. So I was just uh, I was rewatching it the other day and feeling ashamed and just wondering if you guys had any, you know, uh, problematic faves, is I guess how I put it, you know, like movies or music where you're sussed out by it or its politics are just explicitly bad, but you just can't help but love it. Hmm. That's a really good question. Yeah. That's a really I good question. I feel like there's lots of stuff that's like problematic uh, fave. Um yeah, I mean, there are definitely Mel Gibson movies that I like. I mean, I like Apocalypto. I think it's like Apocalypto oh, yeah. pretty good. I honestly think that Passion of the Christ is pretty good. Uh, I think that we both do. I remember watching yeah. it at your old apartment, Dimitri. Uh, oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe the messages of those films, like, I mean, the message of Apocalypto maybe isn't quite <laughs> as uh, galling as what you described the message of Drag to Cross Concrete to be. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like... Uh, I don't know what stands out. I mean, I'm like a Swifty, I feel like. So that's like kind of like, you know, I don't like think that like uh, her like politics are, I mean, well, I don't know. I don't know what her occulted esoteric true politics are. <laughs> like we know that like really she's completely 
a Maoist. You know, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Red. She's, I mean, who, who names their album? Yeah. Then? Well, she's, yeah. Yeah, she's Muslim. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, she's actually a Muslim yeah, uh, so, Maoist. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, but you know, yeah. I feel like every, like if you put it in a certain category, like every single movie we've ever discussed, like including the ones we like, like could be put in a sus category. Cause just like, uh, you know, just like, uh, but I guess you're asking about more explicit like politics and things like that. I mean, I, I do yeah. have a soft spot for like 80s action movies that I grew up with, even though they're absolutely like galling propaganda and like total mind war on like the young brains. Um, yeah. Just like that Hodorowsky thing where like they, there's like a weapons, to- a toy weapon manufacturer who's like brainwashing yeah. all the children to invade Peru mm-hmm. in 15 years. Like yeah. that stuff is, uh, yeah. And I don't know so many other things I would say in terms of a broader media figure, I think I've mentioned the grotto before, but definitely like one of my, if I'm going to say like, even in the podcasting world, problematic fave is Brett Easton Ellis. <laughs> right. Yeah. Somebody who's, I do not oh, agree yeah. <laughs> with all of his political takes, but I like his kind of perspective on like Hollywood and the movie business and his general ornery Gen Xness about just not kind of feeling like he fits in with like the current moment and everything like that. And I still do feel like as much as like American Psycho is one of like practically one of those movies they made the meme about of like why (laughs) like 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 young men valorizing care like missing the point of the movie. You know, it's like Joker, Patrick Bateman, like all these other people. And um, but I still still think that movie holds up and the book holds up as like an extremely brutal satire of like 80s American kind of like yuppie values and culture. And like, I still think it resonates for a good reason. And even his like his, I don't know, reminiscences about like the spooky private school, like West L.A. world that he grew up in and um, the audio book that he just released over the last year called the shards which he claims to some extent to be a true story um which is absolutely insane and kind of want to review it one day um i think uh even though call it i can't ask you to listen to like 28 hours of like his memoirs basically (laughs) which is basically what it exactly what it is Um, okay. but no, but I mean, it actually, like, as I was listening, it was captain. I've talked about it a lot with, a with Jimmy Fallon gong. Um, and mm-hmm. I think he's working his way through it right now. And mm-hmm. it, it's a fascinating story of like, uh, you know, uh, like a LA serial killer noir that involves like a serial killer, like hippie death cult. Yeah. You told me about this. Yeah. A little bit. I think maybe even on the show, uh, it's really like, it's wild shit. And I know for a fact also he's interesting, like, because I know that he has read chaos. I know that he's like aware of like the whole Manson thing. I know because he said on his podcast that he went to a dinner in, in Tom O'Neill's honor at Peter Thiel's mansion so I know that he's at least orbiting in that like Peter Thiel world as well, <laughs> which I think is evidenced by some of the guests he has on his podcast. But um, so, you know, it's like you, you, you just like, you know, but I, I think at the end of the day, um, it, it's one of those. He was one of the first podcasts I started listening to and I'd read his books like prior to that. And I mean, also, honestly, I shouldn't even beat around the bush like he's obsessed with the Eagles. And I would be lying to you if. Uh, oh, there we go. Maybe he was psyoping me all these years. He asks every <laughs> single one of his guests at the end of every interview, "What do you think of the Eagles?" And so, like, he hasn't let it drop for like <laughs> I don't know eight years. 
and he, which is, you know, it ends up being kind of sometimes an interesting question because people have very strong, whether people have very strong feelings or no feelings at all about the Eagles, it does reveal something about maybe uh, generationally or like what part of America they came from um, or the world they came from, how they feel about the Eagles. But that, that that's my problematic fave offering that I'll throw out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think like, Rene Guénon comes to mind as someone who had like some like uh, sus or like problematic ideas, but who I still like kind of appreciate. I yeah, I think that would probably be at like the top of my list of like problematic faves. I mean Foucault, like I like Foucault a little bit, like Fair problematic enough. fave Derrida, oh, yeah. um, uh, you know, like uh, all of the French pedophiles, basically. Yeah, exactly. Foucault, yeah, like total yeah. pedophile. Like um, you know, I mean, I kind of like. I, like Heidegger, I kind of hate Heidegger, like even more than Foucault, like even though Heidegger was a Nazi, but not like a rapist of like boys, Easy. as far as we know. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know which one of those things is like, honestly, like worse being an ideological Nazi or like a practical rapist. Uh, <sighs> maybe the, right. I don't know. Yeah, hard to say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, uh, I feel like I have like more, uh, I, I like Heidegger's thought maybe less than Foucault's uh even if like what Foucault practically did was worse but anyway whatever uh yes. my point is those are some problematic faves uh yeah I retweeted like an Ernst uh Junger like uh quote like recently and I was like well you know what I'll give it to him like that's a, a good a good point uh or, you know it was about like uh Hitler being like a demonic power that was like you know oh, yeah. uh, sucking the life of society yeah um so he, he I appreciated that twice a day yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that uh when he, he possesses the yeah is an elemental infernal and feeds on the forces unleashed by modernity <laughs> in a way that the liberal intelligentsia are incapable of understanding uh <laughs> minds like Nibolos, that was his nickname for hitler uh Niebolos, are bent in the most comprehensive <laughs> homicide possible they seem to belong to a world of corpses that they want to populate they find the stench of the slain pleasant so you know all right uh, right on like, yeah good point uh he was like kind of like too right wing for nazism like he was like you know uh he like attacked nazism from the right from the right for being too yeah. satanic uh yeah wow okay the ultimate horseshoe theory if only um, someone could have primaried hitler yeah yeah <laughs> exactly exactly all right well yeah yeah so those are some problematic faves um we got three people in the waiting room now so i think wow. we're gonna right. move on our next caller but thanks for uh calling in right, yeah. yeah yeah this is the fastest we've ever no thanks for having me on i love the show <laughs> thanks <laughs> thank you thank you all right all right yeah i'm looking forward to listening to this it'll be it'll be fun i think all right Ooh, we got four in the <laughs> chat now damn all right, all right. and all right I, i'll leave you okay. have a good night guys I appreciate it because i i don't know how to uh hang up on somebody without banning them <laughs> forever so <laughs> yeah all right stay vigilant y'all stay vigilant Please. all right so next up uh we have uh elizabeth has called in um all right so we will put elizabeth in young haller is just still kind of it's gonna be elizabeth warren telling us to get in this fight um <laughs> uh, young haller's just still, still riding in the zoom chat um, yeah with no sound uh we'll 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 get them. We'll get them. We haven't given up on them. Yeah, I don't know. Should we read people's last names if they're in Zoom? Yeah, maybe we should cut like, that out. I was just thinking they probably like are using this for their job, and they might. These not apps want. are legit, like doxing us all the time. Um, yeah, it just yeah. Zoom rules. 
Love it. Truly rules. Why did we all have to get like, why is this like the premiere? I guess like we on our own, like kind of discovered this to be like one of the easiest ways to do this. Unfortunately, it was the least shitty. Uh, we had her for a second. Oh, no, maybe. oh young Haller just uh, messaged. Hold on. <laughs> they said I'm alive. That's good. That is good. All right. Oh, yeah. He hears us. <laughs> this is cool. Okay. Well, they they are listening. Call it. They are listening. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to put, you got, Andy it's Drew time connecting. Up. Hopefully. Oh, I see. You can just put them back in the waiting room. Oh, uh, that, oh that works. Okay. okay. All right. There we go. So, Elizabeth, we will come back to you. <laughs> okay. Uh, <sorry. laughs> do we have Andy? Uh, Andy. I think we do. I think we do. Yeah. Yet, yet I do not hear him. Maybe try and move. Uh, I guess, no, we need to hear you and Zoom. Uh, that's the only solution here. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if anybody has, please do enable your Zoom uh, audio. And then. Yeah. If it's not enabled already. It seems like it is, but we're not hearing you. I don't, is it, the problem can't be on our end, can it? No, I think it's different. I don't issues. think so. Because they are unmuted. Is the audio working or what? Like, what's going on here? Well, we're just not yeah, hearing. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, oh, hey, right. there he is. Okay. We got it. We got it. It's working. Yes. I'm multitasking right now, so I don't want to like be like shuffling papers and like have my mic on. So, <laughs> all right. What's nice. up, dude? What yeah. up? <laughs> happy New Year. Happy, yeah, New, happy year. New Year. We're just vibing. Happy just yeah, vibing. for New Year. You know. So, um. Yeah. <laughs> it's a coup for New Year, but nonetheless. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's so uh, New Year. It's arms it is, it is. How was your New Year's Eve? It was pretty sick, pretty mellow. Hey, there's my face. I figured we're all doing face reveal, right? Hey, um, I guess so. Yeah, yeah we usually are on face reveal just ourselves. And I, I didn't really think, yeah, maybe, but I feel yeah, like, we're, well, we're in like my fun. case, like, who the fuck cares, right? Uh, uh, I so. mean, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's only three on the Zoom right now, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, we're, uh, yeah. I tried watching Godfather 3. Oh, get into like the Vatican kind of story. Yeah, Vatican Bank, but it yeah. it was bad. It was, I couldn't <laughs> finish it. Pretty bad. Uh, yeah, juicy ideas like in it, but like yeah. not very good uh, execution. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I watched this amazing movie that I found on on Amazon Prime called uh, "The Badge, The Bible, and Bigfoot." And it was like shot, like literally, like it seemed like there were only two people, like it was like a, uh, the two people who made the movie, like, and they just took turns holding the camera. So like, they would just like pass it back and forth in these scenes. And like, it was, yeah, I mean, it's, it's what it sounds like. It's like a really like shittily made movie about like a police officer who uh, gets stripped of his like uh, police officer role. Uh, like chief of police role by the city council, which you never see because they didn't, they couldn't find actors to play them. But like off camera, the city council like fires him and uh, they force him, you know, to leave because the town size doesn't need a police department or something. But after that, Bigfoot attacks and kidnaps like three <laughs> girls and he has to like go get them with <laughs> Um So, anyways, yeah. Andy, uh, do you have so, anything you want <laughs> to bring up? I have nothing Do you have a to question? bring up at the moment. I was just trying to, to eavesdrop on what else might be coming up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're getting a lot of people who are just like, uh, what, what, what's going on? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, I didn't realize I was going to be on the air. Like, uh, well, you are. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I'm, on, I'm on the air, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, looks like we know what uh, 
Michael Prenny is up to now, which is kind of sad. What I didn't hear. What happened with Michael? Uh, some like nothing. Like I mean, not I, maybe it's not over dramatic, but like <laughs> I guess like some like people that kind of knew him, like organizer types, like went and uh, like met up with him and everything. Like they took pictures and everything. He looks fine in the pictures, but I guess he has like pretty bad dementia or like oh. onset dementia. So oh geez, that, like, oh so that kind of confirmed where his whereabouts are. I, I think I, I remember kind of hearing like intimations of that probably around yeah like about five years ago because yeah. it was like it was like right around the kind of 2016 Bernie moment when I think a lot of people were like engaging with his work and then like even watching the old videos of like why he had like a falling out with Bernie and like how close right. they were for decades and then it was all about like the bombing of Yugoslavia and parentheses just like what are you doing like you know yeah <laughs> and uh and stuff like that uh but then it was like where is parenti like he's still alive but like where is he and so that's that's sad to hear um but i hope he's happy and he's chilling he's chilling and vibing out yeah he's got a lot of fans he does he does really like a, a titan of uh like dissident scholars i guess yeah. in like the 20th century <laughs> like still his youtube lectures like are immortal like oh yeah he's the real chomsky <laughs> in my book you know what i mean like he's yeah. like the people who like chomsky like he is what people think chomsky is but he isn't because he's not like a dod contractor who i don't know <laughs> you know chomsky says Etc. At least Grover Fur is still uh, out there. We still have Grover uh, Fur. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe 2022 is the year where we we really do a deep dive and <laughs> we. It's really we, amazing we how many Grover Fur's books have lies in the title, like Khrushchev lied, Blood Lies, Trotsky's Lies, uh, <laughs> Freedom <laughs> Lies. Yeah, mm -hmm. Leon Trotsky's collaboration with Germany and Japan. I mean, can't just sweep it under the rug, no. you know, I mean, mm. yeah, well, that's cool. Any other, uh, did we lose it? Oh, what? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm here. No, I lost my train. I was reading uh, through the bibliography of Grover Fur. So I, I wasn't looking. <laughs> we'll get chat. to it. I mean, maybe yeah. Parenti stuff too. I, I don't know. There's so many good Parenti books. Um, mm -hmm. Especially he's, I think it'll be interesting when people listen to our next episode about crazy Tom Mosher kind of like I, again i i feel like parenti is like the real crazy tom mosher like but crazy tom or crazy tom mosher is like a fake version of parenti like i'm just like a working class guy like from chicago like and i'm i'm all about communism you dig like he just has such like a streetwise like you know not um like pretentious style to him but like parenti's not an fbi informant so like, <laughs> trying to destroy the left um and I don't think he ever robbed like hippie drug dealers in the Bay Area. <laughs> um, but, you know, anyways, um, let's see. We got a couple people waiting here. I think we might. I mean, you can just hang out, Andy. Like, I'll hang. I'll do it. I'll, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll let's just throw let's just throw in Sober Cobra. Uh, sorry, Sober Cobra. And um, I'll try to find my Chomsky look for the camera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. They're around here somewhere. All right, Sober Cobra, Sober Cobra is coming on. Hieronymus is the MVP with the support he's offering. I agree. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, Hieronymus is up in the voice grotto chat, just hyping every single person that goes on. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I think it's it's beautiful, honestly. Yeah. 
is this what bread tube people do all day? Sorry, I don't want to defile this moment. I think that moment, bread tube but... people like have like are on Twitch and they just have people like writing comments to them in like a chat and then they read them out loud and yeah. people like pay like for super chats and they're, like <laughs> they'll go the... do ten dollars to be like to make them read like you know like you're a cuck like I hate you like or whatever. You're a cuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I feel like I don't have the right posture for bread tube right now. Like I need to be like, well, in you should also like be playing like, chair, some, like just like, like this. Yeah. And, like and you should be playing legend of Zelda and like the screen should be playing like, you know, like a um, actually, game while you like give some incredibly horrible, like reactionary, like take, like, or it's just something that's straight up evil. Like, uh, oh you're like, God. listen to me, listen yeah. to me. And meanwhile, you're like playing like Mario galaxy or something, <laughs> you know, and it's like, all right. Like, you know, Petin was a great soldier. Okay. Like he, <laughs> they weren't just a puppet regime. They had their own, they had their own plan. And there were a lot of good ideas. Okay. And like, meanwhile, like yeah. Mario's like jumping on Bowser's head, like seeing <laughs> um, like just like muscle memory, like automatically, oh, like God. you're just like, you know, oh, effortlessly like good. destroying Bowser, like while you rant and rave about like how like, you know, VG get, like, gets a bad It's rap. scary. It's a scary yeah. phenomenon. Um, yeah. Sober Cobra, can you hear us? Uh, we yeah, can't can hear you. Hear you. Oh, yes. hi. Okay. Hi. Yeah. Yes, we can What's hear up? you. How's it going? All right. How are you? We're, we're doing good. We're doing good. Yeah. We're just vibing out here. How many are in here? We got four in uh, here right now. Right now. Yeah, we have. Uh, we got It's Drew yeah. time just kicking it. Uh, just vibing. Yeah, we're um, just just vibing. Yeah. Which I feel like yeah. now that now it's just it's a big it's just a big party. You know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So how's it going? Um, yeah. Good man. Uh, I've been a Happy patron. Oh yeah. Thank you. You too. I've been a patron for a month or two now. I think. Wow. Right I burned on. through all Thank your episodes, you. and then I went through all the um, the subscriber content, and uh, yeah, huge fan. Oh, thanks, yeah. man. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks. Do you have any? Uh, I guess since you just burned through our whole catalog. Um, yeah. Does any, anyone jump out at you that? Uh, yeah. You know you. Oh gosh, um, I was dreading this <laughs> because I I don't really have any questions. I would kind of just came in to uh, listen. Oh yeah, uh, same with a lot of people. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything that you'd want to like talk about? Like any like topic that like you want to uh, throw out? What's there? on your like, mind right now? Yeah, what are you thinking about? What's going well, on? Yeah, I'm currently reading Program to Kill. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's taken me, it's took me like a month or two just to get through the first 80 pages. Uh, yeah. Pretty brutal. And just when yeah, I thought I was really. done with like all the pedophilic stuff, then you hear, then you read about everything that Otis Tool and uh, Henry Lucas went through. Oh my just, God. The hand Jesus. of death cult. Like, oh. or, yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. It's, it's a real black pill of a ride. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure is. I think um, um, so. I've kind of been, uh, yeah. I want to read something light after I finish this. I actually, I've kind of uh, been turned on to some uh, pension. Oh yeah. So I've got uh, a couple of his lined up next. Uh, I just I read Bleeding Edge just before this. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm a convert. I'm all on the uh, the conspiracy tip now. 
Or... Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Bleeding Edge is great. <laughs> like I, that was definitely my, I think my most meaningful uh, novel that I mean, I only read a couple novels last year, but like one of my most meaningful reading experiences last year was uh, going through Bleeding Edge. Um, the, a, a book that I think is aging like a fine wine already, you know, but uh, maybe hits a little different than God, when did it come out? Like 2013, I think. 2013. Yeah. And just all, yeah, so much of that stuff about 9-11, the internet, like the Dracularity of everything. Um, Josh Harris. Yeah, he actually like, did use the word Dracularity before uh, my coinage of it in like a slightly different sense. But yeah, so definitely hats off to him uh, for that. Like, how did you come across like SJ? I always wonder like, you know, where people like hear about our podcast from or what like you were into before if you weren't like necessarily into like uh parapolitics type stuff you know uh or anything like that. not r- really i've always suspected that uh i'm canadian by the way mm-hmm. um Word. living oh, in ontario so. just a little east of toronto mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've never really trusted the government fully i've always thought there was something sus about them i always kind of suspected that everything we hear isn't necessarily the full story um, but how I got into SJ, um, after watching uh, that Netflix Son of Sam, uh, Sons of Sam uh, doc, mm-hmm. uh, I started following Manny Grossman, who was doing YouTube videos uh, about it, doing like walk and talks. And then he went to Subscribestar mm-hmm. and I started paying for him there. And it was in there that someone mentioned uh, Subliminal Jihad. And, uh, yeah, from there I tried it out and was just in love. (laughs) Yeah. 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 yeah, I've, I've heard, it seems to be there are a lot of stories like that where, yeah, I don't know. Like I just always like people ask me and I'm like, I don't know, like Twitter or something like, I I, I don't really like some kind of algorithm pops up and like tells you if you're, Mm if you get close enough in the orbit of, of something, um, then yeah. maybe, but that's, actually, that's pretty cool. That just made me think of a question. Have you guys followed or researched the son of Sam case at all? Or did you watch that Netflix doc? I never watched the Netflix doc. I'm a little bit familiar with the case. Dimitri might know a bit more about it, but I, uh, yeah, I, I did. Uh, I, I do know some stuff about it. Yeah. I think it's definitely like, uh, I definitely could see like the sort of like sus angle uh, to it. Like I could definitely see like the, uh the cult angle like in son of sam uh but yeah we haven't like done uh an episode on it or like taken it on like in a q a like as yet specifically i think maybe we touched on it a bit like in elisa lamb maybe did we i don't know but uh or maybe Uh, in a past like a few times and maybe with ed Ed opperman because i know that's where i've Mm -hmm. heard a lot about i never heard of the son of sam like process church connection before i started listening to ed opperman and he's yeah. like he he's he's a dog on a bone with that son of mm-hmm. sam process connection like i love yeah. it i love the, how like uh, process is very interesting and like very weird like type of group i mean talk like the like, fact that like the, the whole today. like animal like the better friends animal society thing is like like the, yeah, the, getty, like, the, the getty getty like, boosting girl, it. like yeah, yeah like, collecting donates. donations for it uh <laughs> lilith aquino like yeah. uh collecting donations for it 
it um, on Facebook. And Talk about the gnomes. Yeah, they, you know, the earth out there and like, you know, no offense to any Mormons listening, but like sus Utah, like in the middle of nowhere. Like, why would all these like occultist like city people from like New York and London and places like that all just go out in like the secluded desert and have it's just so fucking weird and uh but i, I didn't yeah, watch like the netflix the theology thing, is very insane too it's like a trinity of like jesus and like literally satan like yeah. they're just they they love yeah it's, i mean Lucifer. talk about gnostic like it yeah. is like hyper gnostic in yeah like a very uh sus way i still i yeah. can't say i i also i did start reading um maury terry's the ultimate evil which i know like people have uh certain issues with him as like uh you know a cult exposer kind of figure but mm-hmm. um but even that i mean that talks about the arliss perry murder at stanford um mm-hmm. which actually wasn't like it was in the same period kind of yeah. or a couple years after the tom mosher incidents and all that stuff but uh but then i think it does get to uh the son of sam process thing i i don't know enough to like fully speak on it but i feel like there is definitely some kind of there there and uh i think i think we should tackle it in 2022 yeah yeah it, it seems like there's been incidences of, of pedophilia in yonkers particularly like going back decades and decades yonkers. and there were all there was like military intelligence people living around and you ever heard of um dr carlton gadusek that sounds that name sounds familiar but who is that he won a nobel prize in the 70s um uh, i forget the gist of it now uh, his research it was some sort of brain disease that stemmed from cannibalism oh kuru and he was yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i was it. looking this up the other day for some reason maybe somebody was posting about him um but the discoverer yeah. well, of kuru he, he which a, has a pizzagate fame um like if you if you he, go back he, far enough people accusing uh, hillary clinton of like whenever she would collapse like people would post oh, that she had kuru <laughs> for yeah, eating right. human flesh uh, right. The first known human prion disease. Yeah. Daniel Carlton Gadjusek. I'm just on his Wikipedia right now in classic uh, yeah. SJ fashion. Yeah. Gotta do um, it. Yeah. His best known work was focused on Kuru, uh, connected it to the spread of, uh, to the practice of funerary cannibalism. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what's up with that doctor? Well, he was an unabashed pedophile. <gasps> and he, he wasn't shy about it. Oh my God. And he like brought Walter Breen kind of thing. 56 he back, mostly he male children. Back like 40 to 50 kids or something. Yeah. What? Yeah. It says uh, on Wikipedia, in the course of his research trips to the South Pacific, Gadjusek had brought 56 mostly male children back to live with him in the United States, providing them with the opportunity to receive high school and college education. One of these boys, now a grown man, later accused Gadjusek of molesting him as a child. Holy All shit. Right. Okay. okay. Uh, and then he, he basically fled to Norway and retired there. Yeah. Oh my God! But um, there, there's there's a lot there to this whole Son of Sam thing. Uh, I don't know if you ever, uh, maybe you could talk to Manny Grossman about it. Reach out. Uh, they had um, uh, the guy from the farm. Uh, he had him on one of his YouTube shows. Oh, Recluse. Um, yeah, Recluse. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, um, cool. Yeah, I haven't checked um, a while back that uh, Manny's um, workout yet, but I, I'll take a look at it. And there's a lot there. I mean, he's kind of he's kind of a strident right winger. And, and as, as a lefty, it's kind of um, oh, uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> OK, times. OK, interesting. Yeah. But I mean, that doesn't mean I mean, his, his research is still pretty good and everything he's sort of uncovering. I mean, there's definitely something there. 
yeah yeah no i th- i think definitely um like yeah even even the people of more right-wing persuasion even going back to the 80s like i think that um that a lot of their observations were uh valid uh even if maybe yeah. they, they're uh, the, the they spin, definitely aren't the post- always wrong but at the same time like i don't know like i need to learn more about any given person like what i hear because like true, there's a lot true. of like just yeah in the general right-wing ecosystem like there's just a lot of like stuff that like you don't like want to deal with like i don't want to like have an hour-long conversation with someone about like i will not live in the bod i will not eat the bugs like just like you know <laughs> ranting and raving about like whatever phantoms yeah. like are yeah lurking in the corner of their vision uh yeah but like, like i i don't want to live in the pod patriots or in control and, yeah like... not only do i not want to eat bugs like i don't want to eat like you know most food uh like you know that's <laughs> but like uh true. That's the true. <laughs> yeah i mean honestly like the whole thing with like bugs like i think that's like a good i mean living in a pod that i feel like is unequivocally bad eating bugs i feel like that's like a little bit bullshit i mean in terms of locusts like john the baptist ate locusts you know it's like trad you know uh i get how people are sussed out about like, you know, they're trying to replace our meat with like, you know, locusts or like they're my cows, my cows, you know, like, or whatever, but (laughs) eating bugs in and of itself, like, you know, it is a a trad behavior. Uh, John the Baptist ate them. The prophet Muhammad ate them according to, uh, you know uh, all right all right well yeah maybe we'll eat some bugs you don't need to uh i'm just what, saying what it's are not you a sponsored bloomberg bugs. article uh you know yeah. calm down. <laughs> actually like bugs are hawk like, well okay i'm just saying like you know the pod that's like maybe legitimate the bugs like i just feel like that's one of those things like a moral panic you know like, no that's true i mean yeah but i mean i get how you feel they're, they're doing pushing it. the bugs yeah i get they it. want I get you it. to only like you know drink they only want you to eat bugs they want you to cockroach they want you yeah except like it's like literally well no but that's what i feel like some of these right wing people will see an article that's like, you know, locusts have health benefits or whatever, which, you know, like, okay, fine. Like, yeah, it's like they're sponsored by like some kind of thing that's like investing in like, you know, bug burgers or whatever. But then they'll be like, they're trying to make me eat a roly poly or like whatever. And it's just like, <laughs> just chill, like, just chill. Like, it's not like, right. you know, uh, that's like the kind of like right wing shit that, or like, uh, Anyone who's like into the fucking like wokeness shit, I can't deal with that, which seems to be like the main like right wing preoccupation these days. Like the, woke capital. Yeah. Like, um, like uh, yeah. You know, I mean, they're going to put I us in camps. They're going to put what... white people in camps, you know, like, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think wokeness is a problem. I mean, there, it, there, I feel like it's, it's a bit of, there's a bit of overcorrection there. Would, would you not agree? Yeah, uh, yeah, in terms of well, yeah, I mean, there's definitely excesses. Like, I mean, but it's all. Anything, I think it's are, it's like, clearly uh, there. There's been a kind of like uh, utilization of it by like the HR departments of like the the corporate yeah, world. Those things, and, yeah, those things are annoying. Like you know, and they also like are used to basically like put a band aid on like their actual like the problems that they have. Like those sort of diversity trainings, they don't actually solve anything, and like they can be like you know poorly done and like irritating. But like the response to them is like you know they're like gonna like you know they're making our kids like hate themselves or like whatever, so, like something like that, where it's like. I don't know why like they're teaching our kids like critical race theory, like stuff like that. Like, I feel like, I don't know that like uh-huh. level of reaction. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's a point at which like everyone will be on board with that. Like, you know, with uh, thinking that kind of like thing is lame. Like everyone, I feel like broadly like hates like uh what's her name? Like uh 
that woman, uh, white, the white fragility woman, Robin D'Angelo. Yeah. Robin D'Angelo. Like everyone hates her. Like everyone finds like her to be like, uh, annoying and like everyone, but like the, I don't know, uh, like the James Lindsay type of like line on it is just like, yeah, not, uh, yeah, like just completely like overblown. And I feel like kind of, uh, I, I listened listen to him for a while. Yeah. I listened to his podcast for a month or two. Yeah. And then I was just kind of like, man, this is all he talks about. He's <laughs> like, can not, you talk yeah, about something? Yeah. When it gets to be I, an obsession. Yeah, I can't get down with him. He's he's out of his mind. And like some of the stuff that he like, I mean, he's one of those people who's like not only like just awful, like in terms of like his politics, but he's also like very cringe. Like, you know, he like is one of those 40-year-olds like, you know, who's like trying to be like down with the kids and he'll like be retweeting things and be like, this is honk, like, you know, or something like that, you know, like, uh, oh. you know, like not based, it's, you know, or whatever, it's like, uh, chill. But yeah, it's crazy that he has like a PhD in math and like now his whole life is like, you know. Well, but, he's a serious I mean, he's scientist. a dissident, he's a dissident, <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um He's STEM, he's what, STEM brain, you know. Yeah. What what podcasts uh, do you guys listen to? I'm not like a big like podcast listener, especially like because I have trouble like doing my work. Like if I'm listening to podcasts, like it's hard for me to listen and work like because I have to like write. So it's hard to like have my own thoughts. So like when I'm not doing this, like it's hard for me to listen to things. But podcasts, I do listen to uh, Dogman Encounters Radio, uh, and I listen to, it's a bit of an obscure podcast, but I listen to Steph's, Steph Young's podcast, who's like kind of like a paranormal, like a sort of weird missing persons type uh, researcher. And then I'll just listen to like some, like depending on the episode, like the Ottoman History podcast and like, uh, you know, uh, new books in Islamic studies and things like that, but uh, like on a contingent basis or if something like floats uh past my radar that seems interesting like then i'll listen to like maybe a snatch of, of a podcast but you know uh i'm not like a huge podcast like listener honestly like uh myself like those are yeah i think really i'm ones. more yeah. the I, i'm the more like ravenous addict um yeah. though less so this day because like it's busy like you get busy editing your own podcast and then yeah like, like the recording of our own po- yeah right it like mm-hmm. takes up what like yeah like a good chunk of time but uh the i mean the aforementioned uh brett easton ellis podcast is something that i do listen to it's a problematic fave um but then sorry know, obvi- say that again who is it oh a brett easton ellis um the oh, okay he, the author of like american psycho and right. stuff he's had a podcast for like eight eight or nine years and um and i think it's 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 good um, if you're into somebody being really down on like the movie business and uh, the direction of like the death of uh, the cultural dominance of like the movies and how like the spiritual emptiness of like Marvel and everything from somebody mm-hmm. who's kind of on like a relatively comfortable perch, like, but not like a super huge person, but kind of in that world, you know, but kind of like standing in the corner, like that meme of like, they don't know I'm, you know, like everyone's partying and then he's standing over there like but no i think um besides that i don't know like obviously uh program to chill uh yeah the friend of yep. the pod jimmy fallon um, i subscribe to jimmy's podcast yeah. yeah 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 um so i'm always like working through those periodically um there's one that started around the same time as us called exhaust I oh think. yeah ex dot host mm-hmm. um they just recently had a canada mike who was on our uh, yeah episode about quantum mechanics 
Yeah, uh, he's been I on think. there a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy their conversations. I feel like they're like I feel like we share a certain um you know, wavelength in common. I think just like broadly defined kind of the their uh I think their positionality especially during like these uh these last two years of like crisis and stuff have been cool. Yeah. And that's kind of what I look for, I guess, right now. But I think more than that, I think like the farm with recluse is like yeah. a great research thing. Uh, Dave Emery is somebody that I've listened to a lot over the years um, who's still on the air, you know, and uh, just a really great, like classic conspiracy kind of breakdown. And I think he's he's still got the stuff. And uh, and I even though it sucks that uh you can't really load them onto like podcasting apps, but you can find online like all of May Brussels old like World Watchers episodes mm, from yeah, the seventies right. and the eighties. And mm-hmm. um, I'll probably do an excerpt whenever we circle back to Aquino one day. Uh, there's a specific story of like an encounter that because um, you know right before she died suddenly of cancer in 1987, she had set her sights squarely on. Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino and the Presidio daycare abuse scandal and was like working with like local parents groups that were claiming that their children had been ritualistically abused in daycare centers around the Bay area. But there are some people running those groups that were extremely sus, (laughs) but I'll, but I'll, I'm just going to leave it at that um, (laughs) for now. And, uh, but like very, very, uh, but like really uh, like her episodes about like the Manson case and about obviously the JFK assassination, but also, um, like the SLA are like kind of foundational because like she was watching, like we, I think we definitely will do an SLA episode this year, but, um, you know, at the time, I think that what, whatever that was, was such uh, among other things, a successful psyop, and May Russell is just like, no, like this is like some CIA bullshit. Like this is definitely some like Operation Chaos, like COINTELPRO bullshit. Like these people aren't real. This is all kind of like being ginned up, like discredit, like the sort of more militant left and blah blah blah. And so uh, that's really cool to like go back and listen. You know, like as it was happening, somebody like call it right. You know. Yeah. So those um, would be my recommendations. Yeah, well, I want to shout out You Can't Win, too. Do I listen to every episode of You Can't Win? Like, no, sorry, Tom. Uh, just, like, for time <laughs> reasons. But I, there are some, like, awesome episodes of You Can't Win. Uh, you know, Abdullah's episode about going on Hajj. Uh, Khaled's episode. The other Khaled with an E. His episode mm. about Germany. You know, I shout those out. And the ones I've been on, obviously, you know, I uh, also would, would recommend. And, you know, I think you'll enjoy the podcast in general. You know, Tom's yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool. definitely. Nice. Yes. Yeah, I second that. Um, what are your okay. thoughts on? Uh, have you guys seen the new Oliver Stone uh, JFK doc? I yes, haven't watched I did. It yet. Uh, yeah, yeah. Course, uh, friend of the pod, Lisa Pease popped up. Happy to see. Yeah, um, <laughs> in there. No, I showed it to my parents, who are like you know boomers, and like mm-hmm. uh, are I've slowly been trying to like convince them to be like JFK pilled over the last few years. <laughs> like I bought my dad like JFK and the Unspeakable, and he was like reading it and was like, oh, you know, and. Um, and they're kind of into it. Like they're kind of into this like idea. It's like, they still, it's a lot for them to digest in terms of like if affecting their entire world worldview, you know what I mean? And being like, well, if that was true, then like everything else that I've come to like, think about the world and America and everything like should be reorganized. But, um, but I think, you know, I've at least gotten to the point where like they can't deny it. And, 
And I make sure to be like, and no, like, fuck what you heard on the news last week. It wasn't the KGB. Like <laughs> now, like now they're trying mad shit where like, you know, the Biden administration is going to release just some, the, nothing even new, but like, they're just gonna, you know, basically try to like hint that somehow like a, like five-year-old Vladimir Putin did it or something, you know, mm -hmm. when he was like a KGB agent or it was like Castro. So we should invade Cuba, um, you know, or some, just some bullshit like that. I don't know. What did you think about it? I'm always curious um, what people that put out podcasts have to say about it, like mainstream ones, I guess, like uh, Stuff You Should Know. And, mm. you know, it sounds like they've been blue-pilled on it. And yeah. it kind of, as an outsider, I'm just like, damn, like, I, I just can't help but feel like, how can you not see it? Yeah, it's always very yeah. jarring when I dip my toes into like that type of like podcast. Like, you know, it's always weird. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of what, I don't know, like what, as I was just doing, like saying, you know, all the time, like they had this very like smooth, weird delivery and like everything is like very like rehearsed and prepared. And they mm -hmm. like, and then they have like these bizarre like takes from another planet. Like it's just, yeah, very strange, regardless of the topic. Like there's, yeah, weird type of uh, affect about it. But yeah. And it was just, very like, alienating when that was like almost like there's nothing but podcasts like that like six or seven years ago like mm -hmm. it was like extremely especially when you got into like conspiracy territory it, it was like just erm city like all day yeah. Yeah. fucking erm city and yeah, yeah like, like, oliver stone uh, good like, night and hail satan sign the spotify contract with blood, with your uh, own blood yeah, yeah. <laughs> word are you um, guys are you still thinking of doing a uh, missing 411 uh, podcast. I would love to do yes. a missing for all on episode because that's something that, like I said, like uh, I think that actually a lot of David Polite's missing persons research was like uh, ripped off from Steph Young, or at least that's what she claims. So, like that's uh, uh, someone yeah, said that. Uh, that's what Steph Young claims that like a lot oh, of okay. his uh, missing person information was like ripped off from her. So I don't know if that's mm. true, but like definitely she does do some, and that's like part of where I, I kind of started getting into that from. Like I kind of got into it through the Dogman stuff because like there's a lot of crossover in that world in the Bigfoot world, but um, with the missing four on one stuff. But I would definitely be interested to do that. We have read like on both our Dogman and our Bigfoot episode like some missing four on one material. But I would mm -hmm. like to do like a sus disappearances like episode in general, you know, which I feel like kind of overlaps with the smiley face killers type territory. It's oh, an interesting yeah. subject, you know. It's a uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, people have different takes on it, you know. But I do find there's something definitely compelling about it and interesting. I don't know. Uh, it is intriguing to me. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's something there for sure, mm -hmm. and um, it's I don't know, it's supernatural or I, I don't know. It seems to point point towards uh, portholes potentially. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. it definitely but seems I, like something yeah. that's yeah. It's definitely <laughs> uh, yeah. It definitely seems to point. It's like operating on some kind of like symbological level. At least that's how the information is presented by like the main exponents of it. You know, you really kind of have to do your own research into like this with the same rigor that these people have done, like that David Politis has done without the same kind of like uh, tendentiousness that he has. Like, because I think that David Politis is someone who maybe his view has uh, evolved a bit or expanded, but he, I think strongly feels that it is Bigfoot um, or, you know, is like coming from a basis of like it's Bigfoot. And I, his understanding of Bigfoot may have changed from like flesh and blood creature to something that is more, uh, you know, uh, spiritual in some way. But 
it, the way that he presents the information, he definitely has collected like a lot of interesting circumstantial evidence about certain coincidences in the different cases. Like, you know, they always involve like, you know, the color red or something, or like, you know, we have like these mysterious missing shoes. You're like people with these types of last names, like, you know, are more prone to disappear than other people. You know, archers tend to disappear, so things like that, you know, uh, shepherds you mentioned, right? So uh, that type questions. of thing, yeah, seems to be... Um, yeah, there was, I think it was recommended to, I don't want to even say it was Young Howler who recommended like this interesting podcast that I listened to uh, about like a Bigfoot portal encounter. It was either him or Good Flying Ran. I forget who, but anyway, uh, there is this, uh, you know, this Bigfoot guy who apparently was off. It gets into some very interesting drama with like the Bigfoot community people because like uh, some of these Bigfoot people had like a portal encounter and mm -hmm. uh, a bunch of like scary big feet came out or big uh, Sasquatches came out and uh they you know like scared them and intimidated them but the guy who they were staying with was like very adamant to like not uh you know believe that there was this malevolent bigfoot presence because he is the guy who i think i mentioned on the podcast before who like he's in communication with zorth um oh zorth like, yeah, yeah 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 zorth who talks Trump to him about how Trump, yeah like Trump like um yeah like uh, trust the plan. he like channels <laughs> zorth and he does these little bigfoot growls but yeah so they had this very weird experience and uh yeah i'll see if i can actually search it up on the grotto like if i just search bigfoot portal um i probably will be able to yeah it was good flying ren it was Adam Davies on uh, Banal of America, his podcast, B-I-N-N-A-L-L -L of America. Um, yeah, I'll put the oh, link okay. to this in the chat, I guess, or if there is okay. a chat for this Zoom. Uh, just, yeah, there is, just in case anyone wants to look at the Bigfoot portal encounter. And you can also find it on the Grotto if you search Bigfoot portal. <laughs> yeah. Right on, right on. Yeah. Um, um, I just want to acknowledge uh, James Draper has been, uh, or you know, I should probably not say people's full names, but uh, James has been yeah, uh, we'll, waiting very in. patiently yeah. uh, thank uh, you, in the Sober waiting room. Cobra. Yes, yeah, thank you, sorry, Sober Cobra. We're doing our typical thing of like going out <laughs> too long yeah thanks a lot Good pleasure chatting with you both thanks and uh yeah yeah uh, proud to be a patron <laughs> happy right new year on. right happy on new stay new vigilant yeah all right sorry i cut it out too early we're, just, <laughs> we're still learning um yeah okay james draper we're gonna pull in and then i want to grab some coffee and smoke a cigarette to be perfectly honest um uh I think, you know, maybe we should just like truck through i don't know uh, uh yeah you, just, you can't smoke inside uh, you can't minutes. deal with it you need to i smoke. can't <laughs> and uh, i'm out of coffee uh do we have dream hey. james draper <clears throat> yeah first time caller uh <laughs> what, what's up man what's what's going on guys uh yeah, so I got a new cryptid for you. Have you heard of uh, the human humanzy? Uh, the humanzy oh. is that a human plus chimpanzee, like yeah. sort of chimera? Mm -hmm. Is that a lab-grown cryptid or like? Oh, it's cryptid? it's lab-grown. Yeah. It's it's yeah. from right uh, on the first coast where I grew up. I just put a link to it and uh, VC text, mm -hmm. uh, but. Uh, yeah, this guy, Robert Yerkes, uh, mm. started the primate uh, research facility connected to Emory, which is in Atlanta. Mm. And uh, I remember hearing about this growing up, just that like 
you know that they basically made a, a human chimp hybrid and oh my God. like walked it around wow and, i'm looking uh, at pictures right now is oliver supposed to be the humanzy i think so um, yeah. wow hmm. so i think that this is enough to warrant the whole episode but i, I really <laughs> yeah. i want you guys to do uh, a whole jacksonville first coast susness the extravaganza Mm -hmm. Uh, because it is, you know, that's where they, uh, disclosed those, uh, the, the Tic Tacs. Oh Um, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, The Tic Tacs are all floating around. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is, it is a, like a hell mouth of susness. Um, Wow. I've been to Jacksonville once, actually one of the only Florida cities that I've, uh, I've only ever been in the panhandle. I've never been to Florida Florida. is sus for sure. Yeah. Um, Interesting place. Did you notice the smell? Uh huh. It it was a I long time been to ago. In years, but yeah. yeah so. But no. Does it smell bad? Yeah, it smells like either like boiled coffee piss from the coffee factory or uh, paper mill. So it's literally one of the worst places to be. Like uh, to quote native uh, Fred Durst, like just a crazy white mother from Jacksonville. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um. There were definitely reports that, like, yeah, researchers in the Soviet Union and China have, according to this article that you posted, was I remember like hearing about like Stalin's. Oh, like, Stalin made army. a human ape soul super yeah, soldiers, right? right? Yeah, I remember yeah, that being on like the Drudge true. Report headline like yeah. many years ago. Um, right, oh, yeah, that does seem like a Drudge Report. But uh, headline. once again, uh, we were the ones making human Z's, not the Soviets, like just projecting, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, once again, well, we probably, we were so concerned about the Soviet army of humanzies. It was the same thing. We're like, we need to make humanzies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but this humanzi doesn't seem like it would be a super soldier. I mean, chimpanzees are strong, but it doesn't seem, yeah. That's the, that's, that's a thing that I think that's a feature of like Western science is this obsession with like curiosity for curiosity's sake Mm -hmm. that I think it kind of plays into like the bigger satanic sort of selfishness narrative where it's like, well, of course, like, you know, there's that whole radio lab about that poor um, chimp that they socialized as a human just as Mm -hmm. an experiment. And it started like coming on to the, oh my god i know and it's just it's disgusting and it's just like why why do we need to even know the answer to some of these questions oh you yeah. Know? yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like what? Um, yeah. they're just gonna be like in tanks gulping for air folks yeah like, exactly. i mean alex jones like yeah maybe he's being over the top but like i really don't want to have a future where there's like a underground laboratory filled with like Get like you know fish like people just like uh, gulping like, like, tanks. Kill me. Gulping. like, like what gulping. the fuck like but um, yeah i feel like all these people like everyone hanging out at epstein's island who is like a serious scientist uh is basically like that's kind of the thing they're into like yeah why not like, yeah well know? they want to like grow human organs and like pigs and yeah then use the i mean organs they like, all that, yeah they, they all have their heads chopped off when they die and put in like cryogenic freezing so that you know in the future <laughs> they can be resurrected with like robot bodies like no for real like peter teal like He's I remember, yeah, like uh, I remember reading that article that. that came out a while ago that I was just thinking about recently. The one where that guy, it was in the Guardian, like some dude like went to give a keynote speech at some like Silicon Valley conference, and he went into like what he thought was the green room, but they all just like cornered him. 
like five like rich like Silicon Valley people and they're like so like he was like a climate scientist and they're like so uh-huh. after uh, the event oh, how yeah, can yeah, I keep yeah. control of my security forces like will I you know have to use explosive collars to keep them in yeah. line can I use like you know a time locked safe like or you know a keyword like a passcode like lock safe up the food with, with the like food the supply the yeah exactly the force yeah. there yeah um, or will they just cut my hand off and use it to open you know like yeah it's like uh, and yeah they're like will Alaska be safe or will, what will be safer Alaska or New Zealand and one of their questions was like is it possible you know if I have my brain uploaded into the cloud you know will I still be myself when I'm uploaded to a robot body like can a new body be grown for me and he was like what the yeah. fuck like you know, like uh, what these sickos yeah. are thinking about when they're microdosing every day like up in yeah, Palo Alto exactly. like you it's know, not yeah. healthy Who's the the guy that wrote Sapiens? You're you're. Oh, I, I read that I, a few years ago. God, yeah. it's um. Yeah, Sapiens. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He put out a book called Homo mm. Deus too about like how man will become God. Uh, oh, I, I I would love to hear y'all's like like do a whole deep dive on that guy because he's he's been brainwashing a lot of my uh, favorite libs, um, you know, into this like really weird kind of just like uh, detached view of of oh well you know we, we we are basically god so we can do whatever we want so let's just keep on you know having no holes barred capitalism wherever we you know along any front doesn't matter who gets hurt you know like We're there's evolving. no heaven or hell yeah yeah so, there's no heaven yeah, it's, i remember it's my mom like of, recommending this book to me you know it's like oh you know they explain where like religions come from it's like okay yeah, yeah all it was right a hot pick. <laughs> it was yeah. a hot pick a few years ago i got it recommended to me on like a date um, yeah. Once, uh, uh, afterward, the animal that became a god. We have mm-hmm. mastered our surroundings, increased food production, built cities, established empires, and created far-flung trade networks. But did we decrease the amount of suffering in the world? Time and again, massive increases in human power did not necessarily improve the well-being of individual sapiens. It literally sounds like talking about sims, and uh, usually uh, cause immense misery to other animals. In the last few decades, we have at least made some real progress as far as the human condition is concerned, with the reduction of famine, plague, and war. Oops, uh, yeah, too soon. Uh, Yet the situation of other animals is deteriorating more rapidly than ever before, and the improvement in the lot of humanity is too recent and fragile to be certain of. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yep, followed by Homo Deus, A Brief History of Tomorrow. Great. Yeah, that sounds... Yeah. Homo sapiens are problematic. Yeah. And I don't understand why everyone's like, we will become good. It's like, chill. Like, because it's... Like, you know, yeah, but they, they, they want... They long for control, so they have to yeah. jerk off over the idea of, of you know... Uh, like, all of these neoliberals, like, lust for, for uh, you know, kind of... Not to be too anarchist, but they love... They're all authoritarians at heart. Yeah. Uh, it is true. <laughs> it really is true. Like Certainly, in ways that yes. are shocking sometimes. Yeah. To- well, it goes like even beyond that because it's like one thing to like want to like power or to like deploy power, but like things like wanting to live forever or want like you know like why like like someone needs to like give them a copy of the epic of gilgamesh they would probably just be like eh, primitive ape <laughs> like like you know like it's like one of the oldest things like one of the oldest concepts that like immortality is like a curse you know like that's yeah. like not desirable uh you know right. like in and- this world at least like you know it's uh, and, yeah. and yeah, like our, you know, just the just being part of this world and this moment is so much more than you're never, ever going to be able to. It's 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 always going to be a black mirror sort of setup. You're never, ever going to be able to copy, you know, mm-hmm. like all of this. You, and 
Yeah, exactly. So like the people that are just constantly trying, it's always going to be the same sort of tragic, weird. It's, you know, it's always going to be like that, you know, lab grown boyfriend from Black Mirror. Yeah, exactly. Like Like a like a humanoid kind of android, like Terminator version of Mark Zuckerberg that like is the legal inheritor of like his sort of identity and soul. And thus like is still running meta like 100 years from now. But it's like. Uh, I, I could like I'm just picturing this horrible future now where like all of the shitty Silicon Valley billionaires that we're stuck with right now are going to be stuck with us forever because they're going to load themselves into these bodies. And all it takes is, you know, a certain change of law or, you know, inheritance law or whatever to say this person still is legally alive and they're this robot. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, like it, uh, it just Bill makes Gates your head. Praise Sapiens was one of his favorite books, uh, one of his ten favorite books. And Mark Zuckerberg also recommended it. I bet <laughs> they did because it, um, it's like they love looking upon the us. The Israel like Museum in Jerusalem created bugs. a special temporary exhibit based in the book using archaeological artistic displays to demonstrate the main themes found in the book. I bet they did. Uh, I bet. They made well, Palestinians wait, go to it. In, and in, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Um. Also, uh, I wanted to, if if I still have any question power left, um, yeah, sure. Um, linguistics, like I am, like very, like I, I love, uh, you know, like digging into like uh, old language families and stuff. And uh, I, I figured you guys might have a take on uh, uh, Marita uh, Gimbutis and you know the Kurgan theory. Um, I'm not familiar uh, with that. Um, yeah, remind me of her. Uh, it sounds um, a bit familiar. Well, so there, there's basically like it's been kind of in. Um, you know, have you ever heard of the Proto-Indo-European language family? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So basically, people like you know, for multiple different disciplines, kind of converged around. Well, there must have been this Proto-Indo-European civilization, and mm-hmm. they they were you know, effectively white people, you know, going around and then, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of, um, yeah. And I, 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 I think that there's a lot of debunking. Yeah. They basically are the Aryans, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. The proto and the European peoples uh, or the Kurgans. Yeah. 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 And the thing is like, like, I, I think that there's enough to dispute around this and that there's a lot of interest that really want to see the Kurgan narrative play out because it really, uh, you know, fortifies their whole worldview. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed like, I'll, I'll I, I could link you guys some, some really sus videos of like white supremacists that are making yeah. supposed uh, linguistics videos, but yeah. they're, yeah, but I mean, it is all about, you know, like the 14 words, like they're all obsessed yeah. with like, you know, or, or like uh, even like numerology, like, you know, 88, oh, like, ooh, yeah, like, like, they love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, so like this, this, this really, all these appeals to authority and all these appeals to like tradition and stuff like really ring into them and they get like creepy tattoos that like, you know, are in like, like Peter and, you know, like, <laughs> like creepy, you know, like the, the Lord's prayer, but like in, um, you know, proto Indo-European and stuff, but, uh, runic language. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I think that uh, that would be a really interesting episode for you guys. Do we even just... have like a script system for Proto-Indo-European? I mean, I really am into historical linguistics and I studied a lot of languages, including old ones. You know, I think I've mentioned, you know, I studied Ugaritic and uh, Middle Egyptian and Fantastic. Old Egyptian to a point. But uh, that stuff, like going back to like linear A and linear B and like, yeah. is, is there even like a script system for like Proto-Indo-European uh, or anything I mean, like that? Like. Uh, that's the thing is that it it was like generally uh, a oral tradition. I could be totally wrong. I like yeah. I am not. I like. I mean, it I, would make I, sense. Yeah. I'm in STEM, but I'm also like like I I I, I don't. Uh, this is not my field. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like I I think that all that stuff is fascinating. Mostly, I think it's it's really interesting looking at the players that are involved under writing this research and mm. um you know because like i think that there's some really dark intentions going on here for sure yeah and anybody that's like super super obsessed with their own personal bloodlines i find mm. to be very sus i'm i, I, sure. I you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like, uh, like i'm phonician yeah <laughs> uh, right like that type. yeah but i mean not i mean like i i should say i i uh white people white people oh, yeah. are very obsessed with their uh backgrounds um, yeah. not to be like um you know what i'm saying i think like right. there's a lot of yeah like very essentialist mm -hmm. like about uh being whatever like i'm a british norman. i'm a norman yeah. or something yeah, like, most, a, like yeah. the whole thing is like yeah i mean it's obviously different like when you're talking it's very different when you're talking about like kind of like uh, racialized groups like that have been subjected to like racist regimes like and racialized mm -hmm. as a category like as a form of oppression like there's a different thing where it's like a power construct that's like meant to organize like you know this uh sort of uh national or like racial ideology like it's uh, i mean those two things kind of are uh two sides of the same coin in a way but like yeah it's extremely like fucked up like the you know and a lot of that stuff is just like complete bullshit like and is not based on anything like it's like you know i mean the idea of like the white race itself you know like uh the you know they're all these different groups that like historically have like you know despised yeah. each other i mean you're fought, talking like, about yeah, yeah exactly you're yeah. talking about a couple key mutations and that's about it you know like yeah. it's not there's not I don't think that there is like an overarching culture. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I, I really, I think that there's a, a lot that needs to be like taken apart along these fronts. Um, I don't know. I, I love linguistics. I, I wish that everyone involved with it wasn't so goddamn sus like John McWhorter. <laughs> Um, I mean Chomsky. Yeah, Chomsky. Yeah. Linguistics word. Yeah. Yeah, Chomsky, um, the the patron saint of neoliberalism. Yeah. I. Mean, I yeah, there was one, when we do our Chomsky Saint episode, Chomsky. one linguistics guy, like, took issue with our linguistics knowledge, but he, like, wrote, you know, he, like, showed, showed us a post that was, like, this, you know, you should read this to truly understand, and I was, like, I don't understand what we got wrong based on this, so maybe we're just, like, so dense that we don't even understand linguistics, but I feel like, I, I don't know. I, I mean, like, so much of a Chomsky partisan, I don't know. Maybe. What's not, I mean, like, like, a lot of it was pseudoscience. I mean, like, yeah. a lot of it, yeah. I mean, like, like, yeah. I, I I don't think that the sciences should be gatekept at all. Yeah. I think that I believe in citizen science that people that like we can have independent investigation and research and stuff. For and that's sure. what yes. everybody should be, you know, interested in, you know, the forces that are shaping our world, you know? Yeah. And the, I agree. Yeah. And the external view often is like very uh, illuminating because these like ideas do kind of get perpetuated in these 
uh, you know, tight knit circles, uh, you know, these kind of insular groups. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So I, yeah. I, I've satisfied all of my uh, <laughs> yeah. stuff for right now. Um, I definitely. Yeah. I definitely am intrigued with, by the hybrids uh, notion. I mean, I was reading recently, uh, someone posted something about like how, you know, uh, the guy who shot, uh, what's his name? Chris Kyle was like, he's a pig. He's half pig. No, he's, he's like literally a half pig. He's, he's a chimera. He's a, he's a pig yeah. Assassin. Yeah. Like, uh, and then like, you know, if you, someone was probably. making the point that like years later it came to light that like, you know, they had successfully grown like uh, pig embryos with like human organs. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, I mean, like there's the, yeah. the, the pig is an amazing genetic model and it's super yeah. versatile. Uh, you know, Hey, and, but it's uh, Haram. Uh, oh, oh. To, yeah it's definitely yeah. haram to grow anything to get an organ that was grown in a pig sorry uh absolutely something else <laughs> no like yeah. i i think that like the the what we do to i've seen it firsthand i i work in well i used to work with mice and mm. uh it's it's disgusting what these people get up to I mean, like, uh, we're, we're talking like the, there's, I don't want to get too much into it. Cause I could very, I've already, you know, yeah. I've already doxed, we've been but this but, uh, like there, there are, they're, they're taking old mice and sewing them up to young mice and looking at like the, you know, how old, I mean, young mice blood rejuvenates. Blood like boys level. Yeah. Like, blood boys. I mean, we're, on mice. Yeah. talk uh, about Dracularity. I mean, like, yeah. it, it, I, I had to now, now I do huh. something totally different. That's uh, <laughs> I just extract money straight out of the bourgeoisie. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, no mice are involved. So it makes me feel much better. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I can't I don't even think when, I if I see it. a mouse in my house, I'm like, I can't, uh, you know, I always want to just like put them in a box and try to get them outside. I don't want to use any of the traps or the poison. Uh, it's too bad. Yeah. Of course. Soft, yeah. Uh, soft, softy when it comes to mammals, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, definitely. They're, they are cute and misunderstood. Well, they're definitely, they're definitely experiencing the world, you know? <clears throat> and they'll yeah. probably be here if we all wipe each other out, you know? So <coughs> they'll, they'll carry the torch, the mammalian torch um, on a little bit um yeah hopefully hopefully that they won't hold it against us uh that we like mangled them for like a couple hundred years uh, the dolphins will uh, never forgive us probably that's probably uh, true there's um, definitely a cetacean insurrection brewing we like we said things not yeah true <laughs> we, yeah we have said things not <laughs> we said uh, things for, not for, for, a lot for, for, uh, for centuries yeah hopefully yeah, they never yeah. find the documents um yeah <laughs> So when humanity yeah, is if not, they then figure out how to read like any. We're fucked. Scripts, we're fucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're you should fucked. say, I mean, like they're, they're literally taking human neurons and putting them in mice and, you know, making it so that they're like, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll grow them in a certain culture so that, uh, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I worked on a model where we were, uh, you know, looking at human pancreatic tissue and mice i mean the, all these frankenstein shits are going on and and it's in everywhere every little fucking community college all of it you know like yeah. it's all every I mean, time like, i talk to someone in stem it like blows my mind like what kind of insane stuff <laughs> like they're getting up to you know it's always like oh yeah like you know uh 
generally people who have like I've spoken to like after the podcast have been like oh yeah like I was involved in like you know uh drilling into somebody's brain to like control them or what it's like you know just like, oh, we all do that it's like what like chill yeah like, yeah. yeah yeah but it's good That's I like mean it. and it's it's a weird vibe but I, I didn't realize how ubiquitous it was either but uh it's it's cool to hear people like speaking out uh yeah even just if like privately i don't know like people you should tell them i think it's a good thing to tell the people in your life like do you know what scientists do because otherwise they're just going to be like <laughs> oh but like i'm in love with dr fauci like he's so perfect and it's like uh, like he, read, read about the puppy experiment like yeah yeah, yeah I mean, like, he certainly did the puppy experiment yeah but uh probably like a lot of scientists are like what so what like i you know i did the puppy experiment yesterday which like, like okay uh, fine but also like that's a certain type why of are you doing the puppy experiment that is like, not stop exactly it. yeah like, yeah stop, like, stop doing that to puppy also, like, what, all this vivisection stuff is, like, insane. Like, whatever happened, like, you know, to, I thought in the Enlightenment when we all were going through the scientific revolution, where, wasn't there, like, an anti-vivisectionist? Wasn't that, like, a thing where it was, like, horrible? But then they're like, no, we'll ditch that part and we'll keep all the Dajalic parts. Um, um, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I really think that, like, it kind of comes down to what you guys talk about a lot, I, I guess, is that either the, uh, I always get ontology and epistemology confused, but uh, between Same. one of those two. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think that it comes down to, you know, basic Jurassic Park question. What, why, why are we doing this? You know, yeah. what, it, should we be doing this? Should we? And yeah. it, like, you know, that that part, growing that part of yourself is so important as a scientist mm -hmm. uh, because you, you can get talked into doing some really bad stuff really early on as a young person in science. <laughs> and they're yeah. just like, yeah, get in there and do it. Yeah. Just like... <laughs> You know, use yeah. the hot wire to sterilize the thing. Like, yeah. just get up in there and poke it as hard as you can. Now. Oh, and my God. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm I sorry, mean, guys. Yeah, no problem. I mean, ontology and epistemology are quite heavily intertwined, so it's natural that there would be yeah. some. I mean, not only is, is, it, is it confusing between them, but there is a lot of, like, bleeding between them. And I think that, like, the sort of the mm -hmm. methodologies of scientists, like, yeah, those are very, like, epistemically contingent. And that's, like, you know, the sort of expectation that you do certain things, like that's definitely like an epistemological problem. But really, you know, our our ontologies in a way, like that's, uh, I mean, we could talk about ontology, but as soon as we talk about it, like what we believe about it, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, as an epistemological issue as well. So they're very difficult to divorce. But anyway, uh, yeah, we will. Anyways. We should, yeah, yeah. So, thank right. you we very much, on. James. Yeah, yes, we, um, thank you very much. This yeah. is our typical problem. Of very cool. Just talking endlessly uh, about anything. So, yes. Um, word. Hold but on. I just want to take a restroom hurry. break and a maybe, I, I don't know if. Uh, we we still got Drew time. Just chill. Just hang in. I don't know if he yeah. wants to unmute himself. Maybe you guys can chat for a second. And then we'll bring uh, Zamab on. Oh, you know, yeah, that's a good neck. point. Maybe yeah. we can have it. I'll be like, I kind of like. I think when people like log onto the Zoom. They see me kind of like, who's this guy? Yeah, <laughs> he's our producer. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is yeah, our producer, like young Parenti over here. Um, yes, exactly. You know. yeah. Hold on, I'll I'll be back in just a second. Uh, fill that space for me. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Do an ad to, or something. Know. See what I got. Uh, promote your band. Feel free. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, check out at not goon on Instagram. Hell yeah. At not goon. Is yeah, that yeah. I'll, I'll type it in. Yeah. I'll plug. Let me get my plug in. And then, uh, not goon. Okay. And not called goon. goon. I thought it was cat, but, not goon. Like, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> not cat, goon. Not no. goon. Okay. Yeah. Not I mean, goon. They're calling okay. cat that. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, uh, wow, I'm on the air alone. This has never happened. Well, I guess I've done this on other podcasts, but never uh, on SJ when Dimitri was just gone and I had to like fill the air on my own. It's a little bit odd, but like, at least we it's have- real coast to coast vibes. Yeah. Um, well, like right, we. Yeah, we're, yeah, it's submitting, oh, yeah, recording from somewhere in the middle of <laughs> Nevada desert, uh, I wish. Um, yeah, so what else is up? It's your time. Uh, you know, I read the controllers. Oh yeah, that was actually like, you know, even before I've definitely like gained like a lot of like conspiracy knowledge. Like I think people can probably tell that like I am more of like the occult, like esoteric, like paranormal type person and mm-hmm. Demetrius more the conspiracy type person. But that yeah. was something that I read like a while ago. And like before I was really into like the whole, uh, you know, like the, the sauciness around a feral house and everything. Like I remember mm-hmm. reading the controllers. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I do think that there is like, I, I am still partial to the Jacques Vallée like idea uh, that there yeah. is some kind of like Jin Lee susness going on with the UFO phenomenon and the abduction phenomenon. But I also think that there is definite merit to like what's said in the controllers like as well. It's very interesting. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. I kind of like, I, 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 I approach it from the same, same perspective. And I think with the, after reading the controllers, it's so short. And it's kind of, yeah. which is kind of nice about it because it's like a pamphlet. Yeah. 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 It's like a pamphlet for sure. And mm-hmm. he, he makes like the, you know, his thesis, whatever, for whatever section you're in. And then it's done. Like it's, it's yeah. just a few, a few paragraphs each. But uh, I, yeah, I think after seeing like, you know, when talking about like the, the nuts and bolts of, of like, you know, this remote magnetic mind control. But then you kind of yeah. throw in that like the Jack Valet more ultra terrestrial kind of approach or yeah um anyways i think that's that's kind of where i'm at right now in my UFO, yeah uh, i think i mean mindset. i'm like rereading for a mothman <laughs> episode with the mothman prophecies rereading right. messengers of deception i thought there was like really interesting stuff there i mean uh passport to magonia really good uh-huh. i'd be interested to read like some more of jacques Vallée's like more obscure works uh like i don't think i've read i mean this is not what is more obscure works but I, it would be interesting to read Operation Trojan Horse again. I think that was yeah, my yeah. appeal. Um, but yeah, I, that's definitely on my docket to, to reread or maybe explore for SJ. But yeah. yeah, I think that those two things like kind of maybe go hand in hand in a way. I feel like the whole, like mm-hmm. the trickery involved, like and the illusionism, like kind of involved in the sort of controllers type thing of like these sort of fake uh, abduction experiences or like these uh, almost like ritualistic uh practices that they're that they're doing like that might in a way like feed the phenomena or is like in some way like a parasite on on the phenomena that isn't just a matter of like uh human beings being tricky you know people uh yeah uh i i think that that i think that there is something like to uh something more than that to the phenomenon i mean i could be Mm -hmm. wrong but uh, i think that like there's i mean the thing is like this really is like you know the point that uh, i think john keel and jacques Vallée like kind of were in a way on the forefront of making along with like kind of the ancient aliens people from both the soviet union and the united states is that like this really does conform with experiences that people have been having for a long ass time yeah you know like uh, changeling stuff you know like fairy stuff you know all sorts of things like that Jin, uh like in general like conform to a lot of like cryptid or uh, UFO experiences so to say like that it's always been like the CIA like that doesn't quite yeah. satisfy that like you know these like things have been going on like they really do fit these formula in like a person in a very uh 
you know, striking way. So I don't know. Uh, nothing new under the sun. Yeah, there really ain't nothing new under the sun. I mean, I think that's definitely true uh, in a broad way. That's something I sometimes wonder, like, you know, do we say it's there's nothing new under the sun too much? Because sometimes there are new things under the sun. I think we even got a question, like, what if there was something new under the sun? <laughs> but, you know, I think there are sometimes new things under the sun. But like, uh, and I think that that's like an important thing to like have like intention. But like everything that is new under the sun at the same time, like kind of not new under the sun, you know, mm-hmm. and everything that isn't kind of is in some, in some way kind of is, uh, I, I think, you know, I think that it's important to always like, you know, in terms of like talking about history, it's important to always acknowledge like what things like do have a certain novelty or uniqueness. Cause like a lot of things do. And to the point that it almost becomes like banal to observe that like, right. this isn't really just like the repetition of patterns. I think there's like a, one can really overcorrect on both ends when you have these really grand narratives history or then when you have this really precise kind of uh, presentism or micro history where you're just like really, uh, you know, overemphasizing the importance of a particular moment in time. There's uh, something to like, when you, yeah, you brought up earlier, like the, the Book of Gilgamesh. And, yeah. I've not, not read. Yeah, the Gilgamesh, yeah. <laughs> I have not yeah. read that or, or many of the classics, but um uh, I'm always and I'm always butchering it but like like when it comes to like some of the symbology or esoteric kind of side of things I like to see what Secret Son says about yeah mm-hmm. right and, yeah although he's got it's those like those Gen X you know like kind of he'll go on a tangent about like culture Marxist for a second like, yeah <laughs> you know? yeah right but uh, uh, uh no. he's good about like you know like the the ancient kind of studies of of, of these things and how like you know you can look at mind-controlled assassins occurring thousands of years ago and that yeah. maybe maybe the whole NK Ultra UFO kind of combination from the controllers, whatever you can kind of point to these the like Alan Dole's kind of tapping into like entity possession. Maybe the whole point of NK Ultra yeah. was. Like, I think that's super entity. interesting. Yeah, that's that's fast. I mean, I, I is he talking about the the Hasha Sheen when he talks about mind controlled assassins, like you know, in I the mean, in the past? Probably. I don't know much yeah. about that, but yeah, I'll, like, obviously yes. Yeah. Uh, well, that is like the sort of rumor. I mean, I don't really know. I'd be interested to like read more about that, like, and really learn like the the truth of like the that situation, because that's not really like my like very specific pigeonhole, like in terms of like that stuff. But uh, it definitely crosses over like with the Islamic world and kind of SJ things. It's an interesting like yeah. notion, you know. It'd definitely be interesting to explore like the sort of a uh, the old man in the mountain that type of thing. Uh, right. But yeah, um, you know, yeah, the. Uh, yeah, uh, anyway, Dimitri's back, uh, so <laughs> yeah. maybe we can have another person come in. Hieronymus uh, 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 has asked, I guess Zamab is in the waiting room, but I'm not sure if they want. All right, want. let's get uh, Zamab they, in. They said they don't have a question. They were trying oh, to join to hear the guest. Oh, but I will let them in if they want to say hi. Also, Hieronymus says, uh, Dimitri, I hate to ask, for... but is there room in the chat for all of us to just chill with Drew? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we can just like let people in into a hand raise system. Like, do you want it? Like, or you know, or like, I mean, we just we talk. Like, uh, I'll yeah, I'll let some mob in, and they can uh, hang up if they don't want to talk to us. Yeah, uh, whatever. But you know, you get in the waiting room, you're gonna get called on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hand raise system. I don't even know how to do that, but it's raise hand. It's in the box over here. Hi, I didn't realize the waiting room was. The questions i was just trying to hear the guest i apologize <laughs> that's um, okay uh, I, I thought that you were a sister until just now because of your avatar is that not a hijabi uh no that is um um there's an album it's kind of a meme it became a meme now that it's just 
like uh like a oh, six wow. hour ambient closely now yeah i thought this was a hijabi from behind uh no it's a painting, Twitter. Okay, it's a painting um, uh the guy's last name is seal s-e-e-l-e and he mm-hmm. does these paintings that look like things until you get close to them essentially interesting oh um, interesting hmm. so the theme That's of the like album, kind of a rorschach uh thing yeah so the theme of that album is like losing your memory so like that album art cover yeah. uses those paintings for that theme essentially i see um, interesting it was it's been around for a while but it became a meme like what's the album like, seal is the artist and what's the album uh it's called the everywhere at the end of time i believe it's by the caretaker Mm-hmm. um it's really long it's yeah like i think a bunch i actually remember this because people on like the 4chan music board would always be posting about like how this is the best album because it's so long right yeah uh, right. <laughs> yeah basically mm-hmm. um and then like you know it it did the rounds on like tiktok where people are like the first hour here's my face here's the second hour here's me <laughs> blah 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 uh listening to a six-hour album that just basically becomes white noise at the end <laughs> stage <laughs> two the quietus wow it's like got year end semester end year end semester end okay interesting uh decade end huh yeah i like i like it i like the guy i like the guy's paintings more than i like the album actually because the album introduced me to that painter yeah Mm. um but i'm sad i missed the biology part sorry that's yeah, all right you'll yeah. hear it on the on the recording when it drops uh mm-hmm. yeah this that will sounds be great an app yeah. yeah for sure yeah definitely yeah um, what we oh we got y- yeah. young howler has returned into the young howler room. is actually let's try to get it make it happen we could try to make yeah, it you happen can, you can let him in all yeah. right all kick right. me out <laughs> Here we go. Uh, we'll I'll, I'll put you, you back. I'll put here. you back in the waiting. Or, well, oh, okay. well, or if you just want right. to hang out, yeah. yeah. I don't know how. I don't know at what point it. Uh, well, people want to be able to hear the guests, but I guess they can't. Like, um, you know, well, maybe people can just unmute themselves in the Discord grotto or the the voice grotto. That might be like there's a system. But anyway, whatever. I think so. Let's Anyways, we're we trying can. to let Young Howler in. We have Hieronymus on deck too, but let's see, let's see if we can get the Howler. Oh, oh, I heard something. I, I hear I hear a howl in the night. Is it a no. dog man? Is it <laughs> is it young howler? Yeah, is it right? I, I I think the volume might be low, but we did hear you. There young was howler. a dog man looking in and grinning. <laughs> I feel like the world is gonna end. I, I, I hear I'm I hearing heard. like little sounds. This is very like this is like the area are 51 caller. Like, are your you position pretty are soon? you being yeah. followed, young howler? Yeah, yeah. Like are you being pursued? Are they there isn't much time. Oh, hey, Young Haller, what's up? Program. We, we I hear got the your young mouth Haller. moving. You're going to have to hold up cards to like communicate with us. <laughs> we can read them out loud. Blink three times if you're being held hostage right now, like in those <laughs> TikTok videos. Like, can you secretly signal to us whether or not he's blinking? Oh, my God. What do we do? We didn't even think about know. what to do if somebody calls in being like chased by the globalists and like we have to help them. Uh, I mean, I feel like maybe they just want to be heard at that point i don't know good point yeah you've already made it. you've I already like we don't have to cross the rubicon hmm. like, still can't can you hear, hear me now oh yes wait that I was better a second okay in a library uh, or maybe you're in your now i can't really hear you um i don't we know can if hear this you. is gonna we, work we can hear you just fine no we can hear you now oh but you can't yeah. hear yeah you might have to fiddle with your zoom settings okay there's my ear um i think it's on uh fucking uh phone uh can you hear us are we audible what are... oh he's gone again 
Wow. Hmm. Very mysterious. Fleeting. Well, maybe, okay, we're going to put young Haller back in the waiting room and they can check their settings on their phone because right. you Goodbye might not be again. able to do two things. In the meantime, we got <laughs> Hieronymus. All right, Hieronymus. Let's bring them in. The, the cheerleader. Yeah, someone who's definitely been giving us a lot of moral support. Support system. A hey, yeah. Hieronymus. How's it going? Hey. What up? Oh, wait, connecting to audio. We don't oh, hear you connected. yet. But, All right, we got it. Okay, him. how about now? Hey, sorry about that, guys. No problem. Hey, what's up, man? We've definitely had bigger technical issues than that. That was nothing. That was just normal. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, this yeah. seems to be going going nicely. How's it going? Good, good. Pretty good. Got a little anxious waiting there, but uh, not, not bad. How are you guys doing? All right. We're, yeah. we're sure, having a good time, show. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so yeah. This is just... Hell yeah taking shape mm-hmm. uh in real time yeah it's crazy I'm like well that. i'm just here to chill with drew uh where is drew where is drew yeah yeah i had to go to the bathroom then you know <laughs> need to turn my mind off <laughs> word all right i'll mute myself though no worries <laughs> Right. We'll just like chime in, you know, like right. thought of like the guest. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, <laughs> sound style interruptions. You, so you guys can be like our wow. Yeah, this is what we need. We need like instead of having ourselves like look up things, we need this is like our Joe Rogan. We can get, like, our Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jamie, Jamie, Jamie looked it up. up. Jamie looked it up. up. Is it true that like Pakistanis are stupid or like whatever? You know, <laughs> like Gavin McGinnis is telling him. You know, like, <laughs> or just like mid dab in the corner, like huh? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no exactly i see why people do it now it, yeah. it's very uh it's very comfortable self-contained yeah. audience yeah 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 so you know it's good it's good do you have anything uh anything to throw out there uh hieronymous like anything been on your what's on your mind in this new year <sighs> uh well a lot but uh if anything maybe just Waldorf, you know, I, I threw out, uh, I, I know you guys have touched on it briefly in the past, but uh, I've only heard a little bit uh, here and there, a little from program to chill the other day about it being, you know, Luciferian. And I mentioned <laughs> I had a friend who went there um, and he was describing some of like the rituals and Lydia. Uh, hopefully maybe we can get Lydia in the chat too and get a little, you know, start shooting the shit. Um, would love to hear about her experience, but um, I believe it was Lydia, AKA L was our first caller. I think. Oh. Were you listening at the very beginning? No, no, I actually, I, I yeah, slept in. I totally we missed it. She called in and so, was yeah. telling us about uh, oh. about her experience in the um, the Waldorf world, um, going to the schools and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess Damn I guess it. you'll hear. No, you'll hear it when the episode drops. It'll uh, oh. yeah. it'll come out. But it was uh, got some interesting firsthand like uh, observations of you know the no worship and uh, I guess how. <laughs> all the teachers have to go through like the training and kind of be down with like an- anthroposophy yeah. and like you don't last mm-hmm. if you're not you know uh if you don't go to like the night classes and study up on nomology and uh i guess there's like some weird like racial essentialism stuff like lurking underneath the surface that's like kind of sublimated but mm-hmm. like if you look at a certain angle you see it there oh my god interesting well i'm looking forward to it and i'm uh sorry i don't have anything new to provide no that's uh, quite no it's quite all right we we've certainly uh we covered it well i think today uh and oh yeah i think in the past you you probably heard our q a discussion of like the waldorf schools like way back it was probably months ago 
but I think somebody, I did, yeah. yeah, somebody was asking about whether or not they should send their kid. I think uh, on oh. a side note of that, like, didn't didn't we read a Noah Berlatsky article about him sending his kid to a yes, Waldorf school? Yes, we did, and that was even before Noah Berlatsky's like protasia, protasia, like, 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 yeah, ugh, like, wait, did he get like fired from? They, they did have a huge like flame up recently. Well, I don't know. Or did if people just discover them? Fired? I think it was more. just that they discovered that. Yeah, people just like, found out. Fuck? Like, I think it just entered Normie's face, like the whole yes. thing of protasia and like. Noah Berlaski like wouldn't back down. He's like, I am proud to work for Protasia and like all the like important work that they do, like to destigmatize like minor attracted persons. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, Every uh, time he goes off on a tangent like that, like defending like Protasia, like I do go back to their website to to like check because it's almost like too. It's almost like are they trying to bait me into like hating them because of like you know, the way they're kind of presenting themselves or whatever. Um, and I, or I try to look and it's like, are that is really what they're saying? Like super, Literally super sus. And, ball, and it like is it, every time you go on the website, on, like all the articles uh, the Prostasia, are like Prostasia website is age play safety guide. The hazards of age playing online. Uh, like cool. all of it's uh, couched in like this kind of harm reduction like like well, self-care well, yeah, or like it's blah all blah about blah how but we're gonna prevent it, like child molestation but like it's all about like protecting and helping like the pedophiles yeah like, it's it really not, is you know, it's like, like, a, that's, like it is a whole, pet, like, it's kind of a pedophile support network. it and we like give yeah absolutely it is like if we like destigmatize it and like give them like you know uh like anime child porn or something that will help them like not, you know, hurt real kids. Like if we give them like a support network, then that will make so like child molestation doesn't happen. Like, I don't think that's how it works. Like, no, not at all. Uh, it, it, um, it I don't think that if you like give people of... guys guidelines to like a do age play, I feel like that's like not preventative necessarily. Like, uh, I wish all. I could remember right now who is bankrolling. And there them. was even more like sus stuff about them. Like that yeah. even like strikes the eye immediately. I remember reading like some even more like sus stuff about like what they, you know, had actually done and like spent their resources on. Um, I think they had a message board that maybe got like taken down or something. And they were like, this is a critical resource for maps. Yes, like to basically right. like yes. safely talk the to map like support club. Yeah, which yeah, like, it's actually in, still which online. It, yeah, oh, really? And didn't yeah, that admit mm -hmm. like teenagers into it? You can sponsor it? Like, it for yeah. I think that they, yeah, right. As, that was the thing. It's like it, yeah, it was a it was literally a place for two hundred and fifty dollars a year, and you can be a member for just five dollars a year. Uh, wow. This is like literally like I wouldn't be surprised. Like Lucian Greaves is like on the board. Um, <laughs> the prestasia foundation and like all the false memory syndrome people this this has extreme like false memory system foundation like uh, vibes basically which is interesting because that that group disbanded itself in i think 2019 13 and older since the average age at which minor people discover their attractions is 14 years old this is an important endeavor in helping teenagers come to terms with their attractions in a harmful and law-abiding way are you kidding me oh god <laughs> that's out this beyond yeah this is Kink they're not like, even hiding it yeah and they're definitely the type of people that like they should make like child like sex dolls like that's yes so fucking gross there's a whole article um, exploring the use of fictional and fantasy sexual and, outlets and like oh like the, this is where i guess you know you would say like the uh this is where the sort of like uh coomer brain of like the internet kind of like 
porn addict logic, I think, like rears its ugly head of like the hydraulic theory, like that. It, the like if you jack off to porn, a release valve, that, like yeah, it's a release valve. Like but it makes it makes the, the world safer. It makes males like less aggressive and like you know blah blah blah, and therefore yeah. like you could take that to being like oh well if you have a VR thing and blah blah blah, like it's not actually. Yeah, I remember kind of, people like saying that to me where it's like if I didn't have porn, like I would cheat on my girlfriend, you know, like I like it's uh, that's not how porn works. <laughs> like you like it doesn't like stop you from being horny like if the more porn you watch like the hornier you will be like exactly think, or, you it's, know at least it's, it's at least like a, a net like nothing you know like it's yeah it's probably it probably is what i said but at the very least it is not a release valve it does not like prevent you know uh i think that it you know probably like stokes your horniness and like teaches you not to have like you know and generally just all the most of the images in porn are just like violence and like borderline rape like in terms of what like mainstream pornography is um yes i'm also i'm looking at the um like the financial kind of fact sheet or whatever of prostasia and on the board of directors they have some interesting interesting kind of people uh here one is uh Maggie McNeil is a writer, sex worker, and former librarian. She writes a daily blog called The Honest Courtesan, which examines the realities, myths, history, lore, science, philosophy, art, and every other aspect of prostitution. Okay. And uh, the other guy, Jeremy Malcolm, has a PhD, who's a lawyer, human rights activist, and his previous employers include the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Cool. Electronic Frontier. That's John Perry Barlow, baby, you know? Um, very rad. And uh, somebody who is the uh, uh, founder of the Global Prevention Project and the Namaste Center for Healing. Right. An expert witness who administers sex-specific mental health evaluations and blah, blah, blah. So it's like people, okay, like I'm not seeing a lot of people with PhDs. All they have, people have PhDs. We have a, a neurobiologist specializing or yeah psychology phd specializing in the neurobiology of pedophilia and its translation into the prevention of child sexual abuse hmm, interesting hate, way of phrasing I, it's so amazing to me how like they have like this picture of like a like girl dressed up like a teen like schoolgirl, like as the banner for their age play safety tips article they oh have like they, do you see this they have like this like you know but it seems like an, an ad for like a porn, like a, you know, like teen gets like destroyed porn like that they have here. Like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it. It ain't it's right. Really? Yeah. It's it just, just very bizarre. Like does not seem like. Uh, yeah. Oh, they this are, is OK. They just posted 49 minutes ago a quote from, I guess, some article. Uh, Fantasies are a big part of why we go to porn. Our fantasies can't be understood through any single data point. They are often a complex manifestation of a bunch of different parts of us. Like, cool. Like, what the fuck? They're just, I mean, they're on that sex positive tip. Uh, I, oh, extremely sex are. positive, I guess. Um, positive, yeah. So, yeah, they, they posted, uh, I guess, six hours ago, age, like, with a bunch of don't equal signs. Um, age play doesn't equal pedophilia. <laughs> Uh, age regression, not pedophilia. Fan fiction, not pedophilia. Lollicon Shotacon, not pedophilia. Pedophilia, not child sexual abuse. Spread knowledge, not misinformation. I like that. Okay, so age play. <laughs> okay, I mean, I mean, like, okay, yeah, technically true, but y'all are very invested in like defending kind of like very specific. Like, I don't know. It it seems. Um, yeah. Oh no, like their focus is basically like, on to the um, point of being 
loving yeah. pedophiles. <laughs> yeah, they're focused on helping pedophiles. Like they, they like they say like, oh, if we help pedophiles, that will help children. But, yeah, they have a social media influencer and cam girl on their advisory council, like alongside a bunch of like PhD people. You know, well, so they're they're uh, in touch with the streets, like mass line. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is their mass pedo line. Oh my uh, god! I, I'm sorry if I missed it. Was there a connection between Prostasia and uh, Waldorf? Well, it's tangential because uh, because Noah Berlatsky, the journalist, yeah, uh, yeah, he wrote like I think it was like in in the Atlantic or something like a couple years ago, um, a big long article about why he thought why he thought he made a correct decision in sending his son to a Waldorf school, (laughs) even though he had to learn about gnomes and stuff like that. And oh. yeah, and kind of, I think he even kind of said like better than learning about some religious, like blah, yeah, blah, exactly. like at a Catholic yeah, school or something, yeah. you know, and it's like, but I'm happy that like, because they trust science that blah, blah, blah. And it was just kind of like, whatever, like no Berlatsky. But then he raised some eyebrows, I think like in the last year or two, when he turned up, like he ended up getting hired by Prostasia and started writing articles and like basically just adopted like the the political line of Prostasia and and became like the map explainer slash defender like on Twitter and everyone was like what the fuck so yeah I guess he it's not a that's not a direct connection to uh, the Waldorf's like per se it's just that he's a guy who enjoyed sending his child to Waldorf school and enjoys writing articles for Prostasia <laughs> and like maybe those come from two different parts of his you know his life that aren't connected but it's just an interesting thing to definitely back on that. Uh, this is interesting you know just just popped onto the uh the greek word study tool here on perseus uh oh, no. just looking uh, into the the lsj here the definitions of uh prostasia in in greek um no, the some good. of them include uh standing before at the head of leadership chieftainship presidency you know a bunch of things meaning leadership or authority uh, governorship, and then uh, superintendent's care charge of a midwife before taking up a charge or of a wet nurse, you know, so it can be that type of or like, like you know, a mentor, man- maybe. Yeah, like, like kind of like mentor. a uh, someone who's like in place of parents, you know, a, a wet nurse. And like, uh, oh God. and then uh, this is a good uh, alternate definition, outward dignity, uh, pomp or show. <laughs> 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 uh that about yeah, a little bit up. of a duping delight maybe going on there um they they uh, almost do yeah. have a little duping delight in all their yeah, content patronage it's like... or protection yeah or in a bad sense partisanship <laughs> uh, yeah i'd say so um micro grants funding for your sex positive prevention project awesome all right any of the any of the scientists uh, listening right now you want to get your micro grant from the prostasia foundation um dear god what are they studying uh okay oh here they go 2021 hmm okay let's the brooklyn ghost project received a contribution towards its saving our own lives or Sewell program huh okay so the, the it sounds like they're you know they're this is like okay ha- helping like uh black transgender non-conforming uh youth uh homeless runaways and adults to uh basically uh, as they to help them transition and things like that okay so they're they're just giving money to that nothing particularly sus there maybe um bridges for life trauma sensitive yoga for sexual abuse thrivers okay so is noah borlaski still in, not involved anymore i don't see him on, on the team i guess not i guess it was too controversial maybe i don't know 
Should we bring Tron, in someone yeah, else? Tron, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, it's a uh, okay. Yeah, sorry, we could get lost in the prostasia hole all day. We yeah. uh, young. I wonder if Young Haller is. Uh, I wonder how they're doing with their. Should we try it? Should we try? We could, might as well. We might as well. Might as well. All right, Young Haller. Here we go. Yeah, he's no longer affiliated, according to his Twitter. Okay, so he got some heat for it, I think, last year. I forget what yeah, exactly th- what you happened. Know, he was but... doing harm. Uh, he was drawing attention to them, you know, negative attention. So, yeah. Interesting. If I may add one last thing before Howler hops in. Uh, yes, yes. You know, reading through the article, th- there's like an essence of pretend to uh, to both things, you know? Um, that That's kind of an overlap there. Uh, yeah. You know, blurring of, you know, some line in that way. But, uh, yeah, yeah, just interesting observation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, like, if, I mean, I, you know, they both involve, like, uh, you know, the rearing of children in some way, I guess, the the Waldorf school and the, uh, the this type of thing. And I feel like they yeah. both are kind of, uh, I mean, at least Al mentioned they have some kind of, like, Greek mythology, uh, you know, appreciation uh, that happens there and uh, things, mm. things like that. So, My I don't know, like, well. uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, Interesting it looks stuff. like he's All still right. associated with them. As of, uh, yeah, I mean, he's still on the website. I found him. Oh, you found him on the website. Nora Berlatsky. Yeah, <laughs> there was an article called Is Noah Berlatsky Getting Cancelled from September? Mm-hmm. He ain't done yet. <laughs> but no, they canceled? actually, okay, yeah, they, they explicitly do advocate for the legalization of sex dolls, claiming they can take the place of a child and a pedophile's yeah. erotic imagination. Um, yeah, that's yes. why they're like on their Twitter, like Shotokan and Lolicon is not, you know, pedophilia because that's like anime, like child porn. All right, sorry to hold you up. Howler, take it away. <laughs> yes, sorry. All right, all right. Cool, cool. What's up, Howler? Uh, nothing much. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, yes. very yes. good. Yeah, yeah. wow. They, uh, oh, you got the headphones on now. Yeah, they, they got my phone. Yeah. It's, uh, don't know what's up there. Um, I guess something that I've been curious about is like the history, like the timeline of the discovery of mushrooms, um, like mm-hmm. psilocybin mushrooms, it just all seems a bit, I, I really have difficulty, um, like I'm just a bit in- incredulous uh, that Paul Wasson is like the guy, that there's been nothing, these things grow like all over everywhere, Europe and in the Americas and like, of course, there's some indigenous uh, mm. use, but uh, yeah, it, it just seems like there's very little written history um, about that. And I don't know what's up there. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not like, uh, I don't know, like super well, uh, like what the the history would be. I don't know. Do you, do you know the history? I mean, I feel like they... Of, yeah, of, like, ma- uh, of like psilocybin mushrooms? Psilocybin mushrooms. I mean, I I don't know. Yeah, I really don't no, know. There's like definitely, a, they, they definitely, I think, have, have found kind of like archaeological evidence of uh, humans. Well, I don't like, know. Going like, back getting and into doing some them? kind of like stoned ape stuff. Like, I want to know, like, because no, 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 I, mean, I am a little bit like, sussed out by some of this like new microdosing craze. Like, I've been oh, starting no, to I hear like too. issues of people like microdosing too much, you know, and it's kind of slipping into macrodosing. <laughs> uh, I feel like that's kind of stuff that started to percolate a little bit. Um, I heard recently I that that lawyers in like Silicon Valley are all obsessed with microdosing and oh, they're all like, yeah. which which feels like a even I, I could understand like a guy running a tech company who's just sitting around all day, like 
kind of smelling his own farts, like like thinking how like genius and outside of the box he is. Like, but like I feel like a lawyer, like lawyering, like just doing law work feels like isn't that not fun? Like why? <laughs> like I don't know. Like like the like sitting around. I don't know. It's just, it's it's. But it, for that to be normalized too, um, not like lawyer like. I, lawyers are more like alcoholics and like they love you know cocaine and stuff like that you don't think about it but i guess now that it's just like a business drug that and people i guess microdose with psilocybin as well so they'll like have like shroom a little bit of like shroom tea every morning or something like that and i think that is sus like definitely whatever the cultural uses of um psilocybin mushrooms were or other psychedelics and there is like a long like tradition that probably does go back like thousands of th- I'm, well, without know, getting into I'm, stone dave shit like i'm no, reading there, there I'm definitely reading a was uh, a, a use of it but i they weren't using it the way like a silicon valley like tech bro would be microdosing you know this what i mean like just, it's you know totally again like from i'm its context and set i'm and a big dilettante when it comes to this subject but it is interesting to me like reading this like just from wikipedia they say archaeological artifacts from mexico as well as the so-called mayan mushroom stones of guatemala have also been interpreted by some scholars as evidence for ritual and ceremonial usage of psychoactive mushrooms in the mayan and aztec cultures of mesoamerica in nahuatl the language of the aztecs the mushrooms were called tionancatl uh tionancatl uh, or God's flesh. Following the arrival of Spanish explorers to the New World in the 16th century, chroniclers reported the use of mushrooms by the natives for ceremonial and religious purposes. According to the Dominican friar Diego Duran in the History of the Indies of New Spain, mushrooms were eaten in festivities conducted on the occasion of the accession to the throne of the Aztec Emperor Montezuma II in 1502. The Franciscan friar Bernardo de Sahagún, uh, you know, famous chronicler, wrote of wit- witnessing mushroom usage in his Florentine Codex and described how some merchants would celebrate upon returning from a successful business trip by consuming mushrooms to evoke revelatory visions. So that does seem to be like, you know, I'm sure there's something there, but it is interesting that it's all coming, like that a lot of the sort of history is coming from like that type of source of like kind of colonial chronicles or indigenous chronicles like coming out of that environment or mediated by uh you know the this uh spanish uh conquerors mm-hmm. it, it says uh, after the defeat of the aztecs the spanish forbade traditional religious practices and rituals they considered pagan idolatry including ceremonial mushroom use for the next four centuries the indians of mesoamerica hid their use of entheogens from the spanish authorities so like it's kind of i don't know i need to look more into it but it's an interesting kind of like uh it's a convenient type of like historical narrative that you hear a lot of the time. And this is something that's also interesting, like on a parallel way, not to say that like, you know, I'm sure that there was some psychoactive mushroom use on both sides, but it's kind of interesting how like there, you know, it kind of fits in very conveniently with a sort of like sixties psychedelia type of narrative. Although dozens of species of psychedelic mushrooms are found in Europe, there is little documented usage of these species in old world history besides the use of Amanita muscaria among Siberian peoples. The few existing historical accounts of psilocybin mushrooms typically lack sufficient information to allow species identification and usually refer to the nature of their effects. For example, Flemish botanist Carolus uh, Clusius described the Bolon gomba, crazy mushroom, used in rural Hungary to prepare love potions. English botanist John Parkinson included details about a quote-unquote foolish mushroom in his 19, uh, sorry, his 1640 herbal Theatricum Botanicum. 
The mm. first reliably documented report of intoxication with psilocybin seta, uh, Europe's most common and widespread psychedelic mushroom, involved a British family in 1799 who prepared a meal with mushrooms they had picked in London's Green Park. So it is interesting that there's like kind of like a sparsity of information. Like it kind of seems like a bit marginal, like in the, you know, the European history and a lot of like the sort of indigenous history of it is mediated through the sources of, you know, the, the European conquerors um, that we know of, you know, there might be or like even... indigenous scholars or indigenous people who know better about that tradition, which I'm sure there's something to, in the same way that I'm sure there's something to like the use of the, uh, Amanita mushroom uh, in Siberia or the use of the Bolongomba in rural Hungary for love potions, things like that. But it's, you know, it does seem like from that little blurb, it's weird that you would think like I was expecting a lot more from that Wikipedia article. You know, you'd think that there'd be like Arrowwood people like all over this talking about the extensive evidence of like how mushrooms have always helped us to become gods or whatever, you know, like uh, you would think. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I think a lot of that stuff is lost to like oral traditions and and things of that yeah, nature. Like sure. you're more likely um, because there's like iboga in like West Africa, which is also like a psychoactive substance that you know people would take um, in a kind of like religious context, like spiritual context. But also, part of the reason I think it feels so sus is because like the introduction of like psychedelics in the modern era really just kind of like almost like dropped out of the sky one day, like relatively speaking, like it wasn't really an organic discovery. What was it like Robert Anton, not Robert Anton. Yeah. But wait, yeah, no, no. Carlos Castaneda. And then like Allen Ginsberg, William S. Burroughs, like the Yage letters and stuff. And then getting, uh, I believe, I think it was Castaneda who was kind of profiled in life magazine when Henry Luce was running it as like, Hey, look at this like cool new mystical drug. And I forget the name of the, the Mexican woman who allegedly like introduced Castaneda to, um, uh, to psilocybin, but it was something, it was, it was something like the, like there was bullshit involved. Basically uh, we should circle back and do a real like forensic history of like, how was it introduced into the culture and like presented in a certain type of way? Because mm -hmm. then, then I think everything that and, followed after But a lot after of what Cassina said was just made up. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah he right. pulled a lot of shit out of his ass and, like, claimed, like, oh, I met this mystical woman in Mexico and, like, she gave me, like, mushrooms in a ceremony and she taught me all of her wisdom, so now I'm going to go back yeah. and tell you. But it's like he really just, like, pulled a bunch of different crap kind of out of his ass and, like, and it was very heavily mediated by, like, a proto-New age kind of mentality, yeah. like a Western mentality to it, which is, like... Like, even today, you see with, like, ayahuasca, like, American, like, people in Silicon Valley love that stuff. I think it's so enlightening. Um, but, like, I think there was some Netflix, like, documentary about ayahuasca and all these, like, churches that have popped up, like, around the country. Because mm. now it's sort of, like, quasi-legalized. But they were explaining, they went to, like, an ayahuascaro, like, in, you know, uh, Peru. And they, like, explained, like, the traditional function of, like, a ayahuasca ceremony. And it was basically for, like, a, it was, like, a medicinal ritual. And the point, the way it worked was the shaman would drink the ayahuasca. And you would, like, lie down on a table or something. And they'd, like, burn a bunch of things. And then the shaman would have the psychedelic experience and enter into the spirit plane. And then receive, like, a song from, like, the Claxton men or whoever. And then they would come back and then they would perform the song. And the song was the medicine that would heal the person. 
Mm-hmm. Which, like sense. just, I mean, may, and maybe I'm butchering a thing or two, but like, just think of how different of a paradigm that is from like, I'm going to go and do ayahuasca myself and then like sigh up myself into like enlightenment, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like for them, it's like not even a thing. Like you get, you don't, that's not the medicine. It's like a thing that allows the shaman to go into the spirit world to get a song to heal you, which is just like a totally different. Yeah. Like this is an amazing abstract from a uh, keynote article uh, from the international journal of eco psychology. Uh, by J.C. Fikes, Ph.D. It's from the Digital Commons at Humboldt University, so maybe he's affiliated with Humboldt, but uh, or maybe the journal is. But either way, um, it's uh, it says a great abstract, which is uh, you know referencing his book, uh, you know, like the travels of Don Juan or whatever. Don Juan is a fictional character. Yaki and Sonora in Arizona have no history of peyote rituals. These two facts help explain why, by 1975, Castaneda's followers were seeking shamans comparable to Don Juan among the Huicho of Mexico. In recent years, peyote tourists have invaded the sacred land where Huicho venerate the peyote spirit. The rising tide of tourists in that area is rapidly depleting peyote and has stimulated Mexican authorities to incarcerate Huicho peyote hunters. In the early 1990s, Castaneda created a cult, Tensegrity, which taught disciples stylized movements combining Tai Chi, modern dance, and karate. He established an inner circle, demanding that his followers sever all family ties or erase personal history. He seduced women followers and probably induced several of them to commit suicide. Castanet is erratic, acting out, and his insistence that followers cut themselves off entirely from everyone essential to perpetuating their identity exemplified harmful practices described by his followers. Um, so he was Gazi, basically. Uh, yeah, sounds like he was just, you know, again, that's an example of nothing new under the sun. We get another yep. uh, Gazi here. Yeah. So yeah, he was basically saying that like, you know, he got psilocybin in a place where like it wasn't even used at all and there was no mm-hmm. real history of its use. Uh, so that's pretty sus. And like, you know, in terms of like the Iboga thing, it is interesting that like Iboga isn't something that like, you know, has the same status as psilocybin like at all. It might just be that people uh, have like a different experience with it or that they, you know, enjoy it less or, or whatever. But, uh, you know, it, well, it is it's also one that got slandered by Hunter S. Thompson when he like literally did yeah. a, like a disinfo operation in the 1972 primaries and kept like negging Ed, uh, Ed Muskie and like wrote some article about how he was an Ibogaine addict. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, that's why he was, he just like was such a, like a seething, like freak who was just like, out of control and like somebody asked ed muskie one day at like a press conference like if he was an app ab- addict and he like started crying and it like destroyed his campaign <laughs> or something like so you know i mean we and we know you know hunter thompson was a uh you know security guard at esalen and uh very close to that castaneda kind of crowd like in the early formative years so why was he and then where do we get adrenochrome from right mm-hmm. why is hunter thompson spreading all this disinformation about various psychedelics or was he trying to kind of like shit coat them so that people wouldn't you know actually no because he like glorified all of it so who knows with that but it is yeah like the bottom line is that he totally pulled it the like castaneda and then everybody that built on like whether it's like leary or like ram das like all these other people we're just building upon like some kind of made up hodgepodgey bullshit uh, projection onto like South American culture that was like, oh, wow, like we found like the secret tradition. But I think in a lot of ca- in Castaneda's case, yeah, he like mm, just lied and made up a lot of it and pretend, yeah. which I feel like that's what every shaman today does. Like, 
Like there's a whole industry of that now of being like, I represent the sacred tradition. Like they know how to sell it to Westerners. Mm -hmm. They figured it out. You know, they just want to change those images of man. Yeah. And stuff. But I, I don't think that, you know, they're bad, like in isolation. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily, but it just is interesting. Careful. Like, you know, I do find like the, the, well, in terms of like the history issue, I found like the psyop, like I feel like the, maybe the indications of a psyop around it to be like obviously people have used like entheogens uh, or psychoactive substances like uh, throughout history a lot. Uh, I mean, alcohol is something that's been widely used across various cultures uh, mm-hmm. that I would say is like worse than uh, psilocybin because it's mentioned in the Quran as being bad. Uh, you know, weed is something that's been widely used and widely mentioned mushrooms like i feel like it is very interesting and i'm sure there is something to it and like someone who has like a connection with that indigenous tradition would probably be able to speak to it uh more accurately but i do find it interesting that that is like the main thing that people point to is that there is like a tradition that was like that existed in the past like in mexico um because there are so many psychoactive mushrooms there that was then suppressed and like you know we don't really know too much about it it's one of those closed things you know, it's interesting. It's part of, it's kind of in a way, you know, if uh, I might be like permitted to say so, I think that it's a, a fair point that like one a convenient aspect of like the horrible genocide that was inflicted on the indigenous peoples of the Americas is that like now the figure of like the native sage can be invoked so easily when like so much of the knowledge, not all of it, like, you know, uh, and that's not what I want to represent, but like so much of the knowledge was like, you know, wiped out or made less accessible. Basically like, you know, people like Carlos Castaneda kind of represent themselves as like the keepers of this wisdom because like the actual ones are, have been, you know, systematically wiped just out. like pushed out of history. And like, you know, who can say, like, you know, who really is the authority to say like, to what extent, like we would know a lot better if it weren't for like, you know, the genocide basically that happened uh, almost immediately upon, uh, like after the Spanish conquest, you know, or the, at least like the, the horrible like ethnic cleansing and like cultural uh, imperialism and uh, like, uh, you know, genocide that occurred. So like uh, we would have a much better idea of like the actual uses of mushrooms and, and what they were. Uh, obviously there's archeological work that can be done as oral histories, but you know, just imagine like the wealth of knowledge that we would have like if that hadn't happened. So it's convenient. It's very, it's very convenient for them now that they can sort of say, you know, that, that some of these figures can say like, oh, you know, I did and kind of exploit the the ignorance that's been perpetuated to say like, oh, you know, these magic mushrooms were used by the magical Indians, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's sus to me. Yeah. <laughs> does that does yeah, that answer know, your question Haller about boss, mushrooms, uh, Young Haller? <laughs> no, but I uh, I appreciated the discussion. Um, also, I just wanted to mention while you were talking, um, I remembered something that the uh, Ghost Stories for the End of the World fellow uh, mentioned on one of his episodes on. Um, uh, psychedelics and and the CIA and Kaltra, all that. I can't remember the title of it. It may have been like an academic article, actually, but uh, that he cited um, when he mentioned that uh, psilocybin was actually used by um, English peasantry um, during the medieval period. I don't know uh, what 
what yeah what there is to substantiate that but uh yeah i just remember that which again is that druidic uh like you know celtic undercurrent in that corner of europe and i don't know before the enclosure of the commons like maybe but it is it does feel weird how there's like so sparse of a, of a historical record in europe of these mushrooms that grow everywhere like they mostly seem to like they did catalog them at various points but it didn't seem like at least in the centers of culture where they were recording things and maybe due to the nature of like christianity this is the type of thing that like particularly like villagers like peasant villagers who might be illiterate are not going to like write down but you know maybe that's what maybe that was way more normalized before like christianity arrived or even during christianity because we know that like yeah different pagan kind of ritualistic elements like in ireland for example um you know still like coexisted alongside like catholicism for a long time before maybe getting phased out like eventually but i could believe it that english peasants like in the middle ages were you know gooming Possibly, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, like, yeah, you think, like, there's sort of a different sociological, like, context for these type of things. Like, yeah, I think that you make a good point that, like, in the past, like, the use of hallucinogenic mushrooms would be associated with, like, religious uses. You know, it's not just something that you would do it recreationally, you know, like, the idea of, like, a recreational drug use, like, was, uh, you know, like, maybe recreational hallucinogen use does seem to have been, like, a bit less prominent in the past like i would say just like based on my historical knowledge which is you know not universal but uh you know i uh but usually like you know it's it seems to be much more commonly associated like with religious use but uh yeah and i mean like the religious use would be like it's not really a thing in christianity to use like hallucinogens uh like in in mainstream normative european christianity um so yeah it might have been uh, suppressed in in that way but yeah I'm, I'm gonna try to look up like psilocybin use in Europe uh like you know peasant Tracy if I can if I can find anything uh, and I, I think it's also to a pretty great extent being shit coded by things like you've mentioned like the stone date theory and like sacred yeah. mushroom and the cross oh my um, God. yeah is another yeah. one I There's when so I've tried looking into it right that's really like I mean, that's the first 10 pages of the Google results for sure. Um, And another explanation I've come across is, yeah, it's like a terrifying experience. um, And they were often recorded as just poisonous mushrooms. Like you eat it, you think you're dying. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe that, that is how it ended up being is like, these are just like mushrooms that make you delirious, like fever mushrooms. Like, why would you want to do that? Like, yeah. Like I remember like at least like in one like Chinese chronicle, there's like, you know, these are poisonous mushrooms that you shouldn't mm-hmm. take. Yeah. Which in um, a way they, they like are kind of like, but you know, yeah. some poisons we like and we find useful um, in some ways, but it does depend on like the context, like very, I mean, set and setting, right? Like there is a truth to that, that if you're just randomly eating them and you've only ever been told they're poisonous and then you eat Mm -hmm. them and you're like oh shit like i'm seeing fractal patterns everywhere like this is demonic (laughs) i i feel i feel sick like you know it's it's just uh not very exciting but especially now with like 
the churchification of psychedelics because that's the other mm-hmm. like the microdosing is one trend but then i started notice i probably after i started following gaia on uh, instagram that I, I started getting all these ads for like this and that church in like Los Angeles that is doing like ayahuasca retreats and like they're just wow. openly advertised or they're doing or the DMT from toads like that you I guess that's wow. where like the licking toad meme came from but now they like synthesize I think didn't Hamilton Morris have like an episode where they go get like toad DMT it was like uh, yeah I think so they, yeah they something did the licking toads yeah exactly so like but these because now they found a loophole. I think there was a Supreme Court decision years ago about a Native American tribe in Arizona doing peyote, and they ruled as like a First Amendment thing that like you got to allow people to do it. So now like everybody who's in a cult that wants to give people psychedelic drugs, you just have to say you're a church. And it's like very fly by night, like, you know, uh, so I, fi- I started following a few of these that I kept getting sponsor spammed on, you know, Instagram just to like see what they're posting. And it's like it, it is kind of like. I don't do these people know like what exactly what they're like signing up to go on a ride for and like who's running it and are they all going to get psyoped into some like weird kind of like Snow White 7 I am like new agey shit and end up like who the fuck knows but it just seems like so reckless like the I would say the American approach um, like even in it's more like kind of organized like sinister like sense it's like reckless on a personal level it's just like throwing psychedelics at people and then trying to do like kind of nlp like self-help motivational like you know kind of brainwashing like in a positive way but i feel like it's only going to go in one direction which is like you're gonna like you're gonna talk to the snake god and then you're gonna be reprogrammed to like you know serve him um when the end of the mind calendar comes in three years blah 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 and like and all the billionaires in Silicon Valley are secretly on your side and they're white hats. So like, trust them. Like I could see in a whole generation of, uh, people who are searching, uh, getting sucked into like, yeah, these fly by night organizations and things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like flipping through some articles about like the history of, uh, like uh, psilocybin mushroom use, um, you know, and the sort of controversy around it. I find this interesting article about this this guy doing like field work in churches to try to find, you know, like uh, proof of. Uh, let me let me read the ad track because it's pretty interesting. Uh, in light of new historical evidence regarding ethnomycologist R. Gordon Wasson's correspondence with art historian Ewan Panofsky, this article provides an in-depth analysis of the presence of entheogenic mushroom images in Christian art with the context of the controversy between Wasson and philologist John Marco Allegro over the identification of a Garden of Eden fresco in the 12th century chapel of Plain Cloralt in France. Uh, it reveals a compelling financial motive for Wasson's refusal to acknowledge that this fresco represents Amanita Muscaria, as well as for Wasson's reluctance to pursue his hypothesis regarding the entheogenic origins of religion into Christian art and artifacts. While Wasson's view that the presence of psychoactive mushrooms in the near Middle East ended around uh, uh, 1000 BCE prevailed and stymied research into entheogens and Christianity for decades, a new generation of 21st century researchers has documented growing evidence of A. muscaria and psilocybin containing mushrooms in Christian art, consistent with ethnobotanist Giorgio Samarini's typology of mushroom trees. This article presents original photographs taken during fieldwork at churches and cathedrals throughout Europe and the Middle East that confirm the presence of entheogenic mushrooms in Christian art. 
in frescoes, illuminated manuscripts, mosaics, sculptures, and stained glass windows. Based on this iconic evidence, the article proposes a psychedelic gospels theory and addresses critiques of the theory by art historians, ardent advocates, medieval historians, and conservative Catholics. It calls for the establishment of the Interdisciplinary Committee on the Psychedelic Gospels to independently evaluate the, glowing, the growing body of evidence of entheogenic mushrooms in Christian art in order to res resolve a controversial question regarding the possible role of entheogens in the history and origins of Christianity. So, Interesting. yeah, I mean, some of this stuff like does seem like art that has mushrooms in it. I don't know if I would say that this necessarily points to the use of like psilocybin, but definitely some of his Maybe. drawings, like some of the frescoes he found is definitely like, but it also like seems highly tangentious and like some of it is like there's one there's just like he has like a close-up detail of like these kind of folds in the uh like uh robes of uh the apostles like during the last supper and he's saying like the folds are like in the shape of like the head of a mushroom <laughs> so it's like very much like kind okay of, like, that, that, that's right. kind of like zooming in on like the video of the plane hitting the towers and being like see it's like a, it's a hologram like it's yeah, kind well, of it melts like, into the tower there's, yeah like, there's more well there's like there, i feel like there's more compelling ways to like attack that by like i don't know a lot of the gnostic gospels are incredibly trippy like they're yeah very but does that surreal. mean people were taking psychedelics like not that's necessarily like, you know, yeah, not necessarily know. but you know never know um, like those Essenes and those like desert kind of communities of uh like religious communities in like the first century were I don't know maybe they were eating locusts right like what what is it that makes you like go into a land you know the locust eaters right that's a lotus eater oh, sorry and lotus eater. so yeah so they, <laughs> they were eating lotus back then and going insane right I mean um but I don't think that does that sound like burning man lotus is actually do yeah, that. I mean, they obviously are referring to some kind of um, like, like some kind like, of thing, you know, drug. Yeah, I mean, there and they're are in like Central Asia, right? Aren't they like in you know the Black Sea kind of area and like you know uh, around? Maybe, yeah, maybe that's where they are. I'm not sure exactly where the Isle of the Lotus Eaters is supposed to be, like in terms of, yeah. uh, you know, like. The but that's the kind of thing is like maybe if you sail around back in antiquity, like you land on an island and everyone's just like in it, like has gone mad like eating like mushrooms all the time and like yeah for they're not sure. gonna write down their history they'll probably uh like totally fall apart into kind of like a lord of the flies like you know mania but like maybe that just happens sometimes to like certain tribes they go mad <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like eat too many yeah. shrooms and like they try to have burning man forever and live in like an intentional like autonomous community uh, but then, like, there's like a prostasia guy there that wants to create like a temporary autonomous zone so we can like do you know, and then it all just goes downhill from there. I, I, I could totally see, that, see as, that, right? I could see that as historically viable. Like, I'm not, I'm totally not against sure. that. Uh, but I think the way that people try to like retcon yeah, I mean, it today, people eat mushrooms, so like, obviously, yeah. like, it's not like something that never occurred. You know, that's not. But I think that. It is interesting, you know, I mean, uh, maybe our uh, previous uh, guest uh, or previous caller, I think uh, uh, Matt K. Ultra, was it? Uh, were we talking about, uh, you know, sort of the wokeness uh, issue? You know, I feel like maybe, uh, you know, when people are like, they're trying to make it seem like there were black people in Europe in the past. You're like, what, <laughs> you know, like, I feel like uh, maybe this is something where I, I feel like, uh, you know, obviously I don't think that they're entirely wrong. Like, I'm sure that there's something to it. Uh, but in this case, I wonder if like there's a little bit of like wishful thinking. It reminds me of this thing where like, um, you know, someone had found like a 
a medieval Islamic uh, like marriage uh, certificate or like a, a NICA uh, record that seemed to suggest like, you know, to them, it suggested like, you know, two men being married or something, but it really was just like a, a misreading of, of the Arabic. Uh, and, you know, uh, it like it's it could be like, well, I feel like there might be one of those things where like, obviously there are people who are very into psilocybin and into the idea of these mushrooms as being like, they worship them basically, you know, they're their God. They, uh, they've, you know, been dejalically ensnared by the, you know, the, the mushroom webs and yeah yeah uh, no, i mean circle. i mean because yeah i mean think about bring the fairy that circle and, that's and a great example yeah. you know there's Mushrooms. wisdom in the image of the fairy circle you know if you go into it you might get pulled into tirdanag and you might never come back <laughs> you know uh there's a certain kind of wisdom embedded there i think uh and i think True. that that is like some of these people are uh like the ants that get colonized by the mushroom and they get mind controlled to like go yeah. up to the top of the tree so that like a bird will eat them to like spread the mushroom in the feces or, or know, something like people have cats get toxoplasmosis yeah mm-hmm. no, just I not like saying these, all the i know there's like some, there's some lovely cat listener cat owning listeners out there i'm not saying you're all mind controlled by your no, cat there's cats, a little guy look at him Meow. Oh, no, I, I, look, he's so yeah. cute. Uh, I'm not yeah, let's not shitcoat what I'm saying with a, a <laughs> anti-cat, like, you know, polemic. I am very pro-cat. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, saying that some of great. these, like, pro-fungus, like, academics are uh, colonizing their brain by mushrooms, you know, and they they love them and they just want them to have, like, created all religion and, like, to kneel before the, the mushroom altar uh, and worship them, so. Yeah, I mean, that, like, Alex Jones has gone on rants about that, like, about how the Aztecs were, like, they'd go insane and then they'd all take mushrooms. They'd give the guy mushrooms who's about to be sacrificed and then, like, rip his heart out and everyone was just, like, having a huge Burning Man, like, rich, mass ritual time and, like, then they'd, like, play yeah, soccer well, well, I mean, his like, head or my, something. My thing is like, is that true or is that bullshit? Like, is this I don't like know. being yeah, exaggerated? I, I, That's my thing. Or is it like, I mean, you know, we see did, Alex Jones using it in a racist way, like portraying, is, you know, as being like these drug addicts who yeah. are like, you know, or like these uh, psychedelic, like uh, maniac, like Mansonites or whatever. To be fair, you he's know? usually comparing that with like, this is the, what the globalists yeah, really globalist believe in. Like, like, this is, like, yeah, I they're basically an Aztec death cult. Uh, I mean, that was a whole. Yeah, like on the wokeness, that's like the kind of thing where it's like, you know, oh, they're making our kids like chant things to like Aztec day. Oh, there was that thing in California recently where like there was some school where they had to chant like. I, I definitely yeah i remember i remember this it, it, i remember like, this we checked it I, out and it like technically is true like they were chanting to like the god of like human sacrifice or something like that no and they were like, i mean we love like this but i think they, they somebody were not even brought the that god up. of human sacrifice no you're right I, i'm getting away no wrong god of human I, I'm, sacrifice. I'm re-pissing like, off like somebody took issue who i think uh uh somebody who does like know about like indigenous religious practices and like yeah well i mean even i was like bothered by that because like it was like kind of bullshit like it was like you know i remember like one of those like guys whose like entire grift is like to complain about like the wokeness like culture war bullshit like had some article called like the return of the gods and it was about how like they're making our kids like bow to an aztec altar but like you know it was like some kind of like you know, and again, like, are these things like universally like great? Like, do they really like help? Like, I don't know. But like, it was just like kind of based on some like, like, like 60s thing of like, uh, it was super you know, new agey. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, 
like, like again, it's like Latino, commu- like pride, like kind of. Or it's sorry, a, it's like offensive, pride, but like not in the way that like the an- the super anti woke people are like offended by it, which is like yeah. for them. I I mean, I think a lot of it probably comes to like, oh, you can't say God in school, but it's just the yeah. uh, like they're bound to be offended by that. But like the real thing is like even the people adopting it for like a good purpose. I feel like this is like a problem with like the wokesters that doesn't get talked about enough is like how they're kind of like they are kind of committing microaggressions sometimes like when they're trying to like center like different people. It's like in this weird kind of way where they're like cherry picking like date they're going through like finding like oh what's an Aztec date okay yeah and then like cherry picking it and then making up like songs to sing that like have nothing to do with that religious tradition and like completely misunderstand it and then but then the conservatives get mad because you're singing about like an Aztec anything yeah like I mean I don't know if like I feel like it probably was like some kind of like indigenous or uh like a Latin ex person who came up with that idea and it was like probably supposed to be like a I remember hearing about this like a little bit trying to uh like uh find it again like but it, all I'm seeing are like articles about like how you know they're making us worship pagan gods uh so it's like hard to find but I remember it was like some kind of like education like program that like was devised and, like the the names were like meant to symbolize something you know like, they're meant to symbolize like some kind of values or whatever uh I remember like that was the idea behind them uh, I'm sorry to interject if I may on Howler's yeah. question um but uh to go back to where you started with Wasim uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I looked it up and I'm, there is some pretty interesting history uh, there. If you don't mind, you know, you guys are going on some yeah, great tangents. Yeah. I, I hate to no, no, no. Yeah. yeah go, go. Means, that was yeah, who I was. I wasn't uh, R. Gordon Wasson was the other. Between them. Yeah. Yes. He was the other big player in this whole thing. So yeah, please do go. I didn't realize he was a vice president for public relations at JP Morgan and company. Whoa. I didn't uh, see that. I didn't in the course. I like it's right on the top of his Wikipedia. In the course of his work funded by the central intelligence agency, he made contributions <laughs> to the fields of ethnobotany, botany, and anthropology. And like, it's like career banking industry ethnomycology subtab cia funding <laughs> it's like just like uh, yeah but this guy okay sorry like please go off like he is uh he, he's a huge sus lord but tell us, tell us why. Uh, wow you know i actually uh, his profile was the one thing i'd get to click on but um i was just going to mention his uh relation to well you know in, in 1960 there was the you know tim leary's project at, at harvard the uh yeah. harvard psilocybin project have you guys mm-hmm. gone into that probably yeah I think we um, talked about, we brought it up before. We haven't done like a deep dive on his like very early years, but I remember that was his first thing where then he got, he got fired, right? For like giving it to undergrad students. Oh, or, or oh, you know, he got I, fought, I, he got like kicked out yeah, after a couple of years yeah. for, uh, for allegedly like giving it to students, which blah, blah, blah. But yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. But, anyways, but um, yeah. also, you know, he was going down um, back to Wasson. He was going down to uh, Mexico with, uh, Roger Heim, who uh, later went on to be the president of an IUCN, the uh, International Union for Conservation of Nature, um, and their president currently, uh, you know, has received some funding from the Bill and, Bill and Gates Foundation. But uh, beyond that, who was it? The um, Albert Hoffman, who worked oh, yeah. at this laboratory in Switzerland. Sandoz. Yeah, yeah, Sandoz. Yeah, uh, it sounds like you guys are familiar. That I, I'm just uh, happening upon this now. It all seemed very uh, sus. 
that's what I might say, but uh, I'm sorry. It seems like I'm going over past history. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, we, we haven't, uh, there's so many layers to like these people that were like the proselytizers, the little Johnny apple seeds that we've sort of like made passing like little dives into a number of them, including like Al Hubbard and like uh, um, Augustus Owsley Stanley. And I think we did talk about Leary a lot in the, uh, grateful dead and the second part of our grateful dead episode um though that was more about like where he ended up in the 70s and maybe getting like lobotomied and like mk'd at vacaville prison but going back uh, i do remember hearing all this stuff about r gordon wasson and just like like how much it was his article in 1957 which was published in life magazine called seeking the magic mushroom which introduced psychoactive mushrooms to a wide audience for the first time and so, like, he's actually the guy that was, like, like you know, made this a big story for the first time. And I think he was, like, hanging out with Carlos Castaneda. And he actually wrote, um, his wife was Valentina Pavlovna Gwerkin, a, a, a pediatrician who is Russian-American. And they wrote a thing called Mushrooms, Russia, and History in 1957. Okay, so they're trying to, like, find, like, ancient Siberian rituals they could, like, use to, like, psy off the Soviets with, mm -hmm. like, mushroom worship. Um, but they did end up going to Mexico. And here's what it was. Maria Sabina was the curandera in Mexico that, like, I think both him and uh, Carlos Castaneda claimed was, like, ooh, like, she's the the one who taught me all this wisdom, blah, blah, blah. Um, so she allowed the Wassons to participate in a ritual and taught them about the uses and effects of psilocybin. Uh, in, I guess this, this is a Mazatec, um, mushroom ritual. Um, it's one of the indigenous peoples in Mexico and Sabina let him, uh, Wasson take her picture on the condition that he keep it private. But Wasson nonetheless published the photo along with Sabina's name and the name of the community where she lived. Wow. Doxter. Very cool. And, I think, yeah. And so uh, his, he did that in 1956. His expedition was literally funded by the CIA's MKUltra subproject 58, which was revealed by documents obtained by John Marks and uh, uh, FOIA. And um, the documents state that Wasson was, quote, an unwitting participant in the project. But like, I guess the last thing I'd like to mention is just uh, that Sandoz uh, in, in Basel, 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 Switzerland, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I'm sure you guys, you know, know is the center of so much intrigue but um they later went on to uh you know they were the ones who uh you know he worked there and he, he isolated the compound but they also released things like clozapin and uh and uh, a few other big drugs uh yeah just interesting that yeah it's all from that yeah same place. i i want us to do a, a deeper dive uh one of these days into that because i've heard recently that uh even the the official story of albert hoffman like accidentally discovering lsd in like 1943 and like he was riding his bicycle and like everything went crazy like that's like the supposed to be the official narrative of like when we first discovered it but it turns out that it seems like there's a lot of evidence actually that they discovered it uh considerably earlier than that like maybe I think in the thirties or the twenties or something like that. And they were already like tinkering around with it. And that was kind of like the public facing story, the myth to kind of uh, kick it off. But they actually were like maybe invested in it a little bit longer. And then I don't know if it, like the Nazis to, to whatever extent, like they were aware. Cause you know, they're right there in Switzerland. 
mm-hmm. or, you know, if like IG Farben and all those big companies were like, you know, uh, interested in psychedelics, because then you get that in kind of MK Ultra, where you get these like Nazi scientists popping up who are doing really fucked up shit and uh, and kind of converging with like the LSD research and like how to weaponize it and manipulate people. So it's just like a, it's a real dark web that is shrouded in kind of like misdirection and uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry to interject. Uh, Howler, great question. I'll meet myself again. <laughs> right on. Right on. So I was I, just. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I think we'll probably be winding down soon. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was just reading more about uh, the uh, uh, Mayan uh, slash Aztec uh, problem because part of it was like the Inlach Ech thing, which actually was a controversy back in 2010, uh, which is like a Mayan concept that like the chant that they included in the curriculum was based on. Yeah, like uh, it's like this thing called uh, Nahil Olin, I think. Yeah, Nahui Olin which is like a curriculum formula. And they use those like Aztec God names, like uh, uh, Tezcatlipoca, Quetzalcoatl, Huitzil Pochitli, Huitzilo Pochitli, and uh, Chipetotec to like represent concepts, like which, you know, in a way like most gods like do usually. But, uh, you know, I think that it's, like, uh, of course, like a lot of Aztec deities did receive human sacrifices, although there is no deity, like, specifically of human sacrifice. Like, it might be the Huitzilopochtli, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not going to microaggress and say it, but the god of sun and war uh, might be, like, you know, by nature of being a god of war, would have been a god that maybe they sacrificed, like, prisoners of war too. Well, but, like, yeah, it's a I mean, stretch sure to that... say that he's, like, a, you know, the god of human sacrifice or something like well, that. Well, yeah, you know well, I mean? I'm sure that all these gods received human sacrifices. But, again, I mean, as we talked about this topic in the past, like, the cultural institution of, like, human sacrifice, although, like, heinous and, like, horrible and, like, definitely, like, Kufrin and blasphemous, like, it is not, like, real, like, you know, practically speaking, like the brutal, like, uh, you know, uh, the like dehumanization and like violence and murder that was inflicted by like Europeans in like cruel and unusual ways on like their enemies, like, you know, taking a prisoner and then sacrificing them to your God, like in a brutal and like insane manner. Like that's really not so different from like not taking a prisoner, but like, you know, forcing that, like torturing them in some kind of way or, uh, you know, imprisoning someone and like for a crime and and, and torturing them or, uh, you know, what what have you. Like, so I think that's some of the, and I mean, yeah, like the Aztecs were like very brutal, but a lot of the Mexico like around them viewed them that way as well. And they ended up becoming like victims of this whole thing that then like the brutality of the Aztecs is used to justify. So like they were like hated yeah, by sure. everyone around them in the same way that the Spanish like were hated by their fellow Spanish, like the way they treated the the native americans but yeah but anyway like uh yeah it is interesting it's actually like uh i think it comes out of a poem by luis valdez who was like one of the kind of founders of like the chicano theater like in in california uh like the chicano theater movement so yeah i mean there it's like there's a poem called uh pensamiento serpentino that's like called uh you know uh it means serpent thought and um (laughs) like you know quetzalcoatl being the winged serpent so uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, yeah, it actually brings together uh, Christian and Mesoamerican symbolism. Uh, I think it even says like Quetzalcoatl is Jesus. So I don't yeah, know. but I guess well, I mean a, according according to the I don't know. Yeah. the official complaint uh, that was filed against like 
the LA Unified School District, I think it was a uh, Latino parent that objected to this uh, curriculum, who I yeah. would probably assume I mean, is a I'm, Christian. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, exactly. But they had a lot of problems, like, uh, like in, just in terms of like inclusion, like different groups not feeling like they were included. So they had to go back to the drawing board a bunch of times. It was like very well, like, yeah. So out like process. a lot of the way these schools are like, uh, you know, schools are definitely like uh, generally like their curriculums are biased towards like a certain point of view. So like trying to include like one group, like you know, figuring out how to do it, like can be or trying to incorporate different sides can be like very difficult i mean and i'm sure like a lot of people complains and like there's no like monolithic opinion like among everyone i mean that doesn't mean that like you know it wasn't like a, something that could be uh and like an appropriate part of the curriculum in some way or that it was like a harmful message necessarily like any more than like a lot of stuff is taught in school is like harmful i mean but yeah like uh i don't know but i just wanted to like clarify like uh yeah what uh what that was all about because i do remember that that issue i don't know even how that uh came up but uh oh i guess it was through the uh hallucinogenic mushrooms and things like that yeah yeah alex jones uh talking about the yeah you know they're making your kids i found just like a staggering website called exposing satanism.org um it's like (laughs) a very like geocities website yeah that says you know california education system set to resurrect ball worship uh and just like goes on like absolute rant about how you know they're chanting the names of aztec gods once worshipped in human sacrifice rituals wow i'm seeing uh child indoctrination to the occult mix your potion and make your pet in a witchcraft cauldron they're up there yeah here we go I, this the is top like a, of the page says stop drop and roll will not work in hell <laughs> true. Uh, true. Uh, galatians four sixteen. am i therefore become your enemy because i tell you the truth warning mm-hmm. 666 is coming um that's really a fun website this is on the real bleeding edge but i'm just gonna put it in the voice chat for everybody um. uh pharmakia or pharmakia means witchcraft and sorcery strong's number g53031 galatians 520 richcraft revelation 922 sorceries revelation 1823 sorceries in 1963 the italian film omicron was released it was about an alien taking over a person's body to recon the planet for a future invasion demon possession it was produced by lux films i can tell already where this is going which translates to Lucifer. I mean, no, it translates really, to same root I light. Guess. Well, you know, uh, it's part of the word Lucifer. Yeah. Light, basically. Don't yeah. trust the light. Trick by the light. Um, by the light.com. I yeah. see sidebar here. There is no doubt the Travis Scott concert was indeed a satanic ritual. There is no doubt. Uh, yeah, a capital is right. Yeah, the uh, Omicron connection to witchcraft. Us with spiritual discernment. No, it was. See a companion video at the end. Oh, I wish I could. Wow, see no, they got video, Bible quotes for all this stuff. Right yeah, 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 all this um, kind of stuff. But anyways, anyways, like if wow, you want to uh, have fun, uh, they're cross-posting from Vigilant Citizen here. Um, yeah. You know, okay. Like, well, there's one article is just called "Witch Talk?" Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> yeah, they don't like. This Stop is like some weird doppelganger, like subliminal jihad, like website. Of this is like, yeah, this is what like everyone weird. This is like if we actually are. were evangelical Christians, like this is. <laughs> this is what people think. Like people think this is our website. Like they, they probably think we're mentioning this now, like to promote our other website. Um, yeah, they think like this like, this PayPal tag right here, like we wrote that if you appreciate what this ministry is doing to expose the fake Christians, Satanists, witches, communist, socialist, Democrats, rhino <laughs> Republicans, and the assault on our conservative, true Christian values, please consider a small donation. 
Uh, this ministry is not only under attack by the capital E enemy, we are not under attack from supposed Christians also. I mean, yeah. Uh, um, this is interesting. If I were the devil, yeah, welcome, if, my good and faithful sir. I'm watching a video called If I Were the Devil on exposing Satanism.org right now. Witchcraft and the NWO. Darkness. Okay, whatever. Uh, okay, yeah. I just wanted well, to know what they would do if they were the devil. It's kind of a weird thing to think about, but okay. Yeah, um, well, if um, oh no, yeah. he this guy this website actually believes that Bill Gates is Bill Gates is injecting a microchip, um, that will a, a human implantable quantum dot microneedle vaccine de vaccination delivery system, um, that is definitely bad, but might also um, oh, it's called Luciferase. No. <laughs> oh yeah, Luciferase is like a uh, well, you know, it is a, like a light bearing. Uh, thing, but I don't think the vaccines contain that. I think that they like were. I remember hearing about this because like luciferase is a chemical that's named that because uh, it's like produces bioluminescence, so it makes it easier to like experiment with stuff. Um, but I remember huh. hearing this like related to the vaccine. Um, Interesting. Interesting. But I forget like if it actually is in it or if it was just like used to. All I'm seeing uh, it's like it's a. Uh... Yeah, like I'm seeing a lot of claims and like fact checks and things like that. Uh, I guess it's autoluminescent. Yeah, it's like a firefly thing that yeah. I guess he thinks they're, they're going to use it to like track you because you'll be glowing all the time hmm, or something yes. like that. Or, you know, it's just the mark of the beast system. Um, yeah, it's, so, I guess it's not in the vaccines, um, but it is in other things. So watch out, you know. Um, yeah. Bottom line. I'm much more sussed out with a giant like Catholic church telescope that's named Lucifer uh, because. It's very like, sus. Yeah. Know, it's one yeah. thing to call something like an enzyme that like carries light Luciferase, you know, uh, kind of thing. Like if you're an explicitly like Catholic organization and you're like naming your telescope Lucifer, like to be cheeky. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. But um, I'm actually surprised by that because it's pretty down to earth for like this. I would think that they would be more into the kind of like, you know mark of the beast like it'll sell you it'll sell your soul type i think stuff. they're kind of no they definitely no they believe this is the end times uh we're yeah. on the front line of the end times flight number 777 is preparing for takeoff yeah i think they <laughs> believe that it also like steals your soul the georgia guidestones openly proclaim that the human population of our planet must be reduced to a small fraction of its present level hussein obama's old comrade from chicago the spoiled rich kids communist terrorist bill ayers advocated the extermination of millions of americans and many of the false flag operations of the elites, acts of mass murder, are simply so obvious, so in your face, that only determinedly mindless and willfully blind, unfortunately nearly two-thirds of the population, could fail to see the truth. A good example is 9-11. There you go. The, NY, yeah. the NWO crowd always hide everything in plain sight right in front of us where most people never look. All right, sorry. Next call. He's bane-pilled. Uh, Anyways. Um, for, yeah. yeah All right. I, I think it might be a good time to uh, start start wrap, wrapping this show up. Yeah, word. Um, Big thanks to uh, those who are still in the uh, room. Hieronymus, Young Haller. Yeah, everyone Zaman. for calling in. This yeah. was, I don't know if I would call it like a, uh, definitely there were some bumps along the way, but overall success, you know. Yeah, we we got to work. are going to hell in a bucket, but yeah. I think we enjoyed the ride. Uh, I mean, like we went to hell in a bucket. For real. On a, yeah. Mm -hmm. On a, uh, exposing Satanism.org, my new daily yeah. read. <laughs> But yeah, thanks to uh, thanks to everybody who called in today and uh, helped us celebrate the uh, bumpy start to this new year. 
2022 like you know 2020 again hopefully not but we'll uh we'll post this in a few days but until next time dear listeners stay vigilant peace